By the time you hear this podcast, we've already sold out. Yeah. That's the joint. That's the jam. Turn that shit up. what we're talking about on this particular episode and uh i'm just gonna say this may have been the first time ben heard this song oh it was it was <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh welcome to by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we're back with episode 32 hmm. yes, yes number 32 yes yes y'all and uh if you are listening to us uh, we definitely appreciate it. Mm, mm. And uh, if you want to tell your friends about how they can listen to this fantastic podcast, you can uh, direct them to our website by the time you hear this dot com. Or you can direct them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Uh, those are spelled with the word you. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to find us on social media, you can go to by the time you hear this on Instagram, but that is spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Very upstanding. Yes. Uh, we're trying not to get banned or Mm-mm. persecuted in Mm-mm. any way. Mm-mm. I like living. Mm-hmm. Living. Excuse me. I like living. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are. We also have uh, an email uh, by the time you hear this at gmail.com spelled the same way as the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can send us. Your comments, questions, show ideas, if you're an independent artist and you want to share your music. Yeah, love new music. Love new music. Yeah. So you can definitely send that uh, our way and we'll listen to it and check it out. Um, and uh, am I? Oh, yes. Or well, where you can listen to us on your mobile <laughs> devices and your and your uh, your laptops or, you know, I don't know if people listen to podcasts while they uh, while they play video games. Uh, I do sometimes. I, yeah, I do too. Yeah, but depends you, on. I don't know what if you can play it through your console. I can't. So the ones I like to listen to, I can't. So okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess for the most part, people listen to podcasts on their mobile devices, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are a variety of apps. Uh, there is the Podomatic does have an app. Uh, they they host the they host our podcast as far as they have all the files. Um, 
Uh, but we do have a, a feed that you can subscribe to it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also listen to it on Google Play, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio. Um, I think you covered them. I got that. Yeah, yeah they talk about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so you can definitely listen to podcasts on uh, all of those platforms. Um, okay, so yeah. let's get into our show. Um, I want to um, start, well, I, I kind of hate to say that we'd start something on a somber note, but, you know, it's... It happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened, um, and it's you can't really ignore it. So, uh, yeah. we lost a, a great rock and roll artist, one that probably one of the most influential ever. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chuck Berry uh, passed last week, and um, he was 90 years old. Yeah. And from what I've heard, he was up until up until he passed, he was performing at least once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't a I have to sit at home 90 year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he was a um, rock star and he lived to 90. Um, that's pretty cool also because rock stars live hard lives. <laughs> yeah, but I don't um, I'm not. I don't know a whole lot about Chuck Berry as mm-hmm. far as like him personally. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone has heard at least one Chuck Berry song, you know, um, incidentally somewhere. Uh, one of the most his well, he didn't perform the song, but in the movie Back to the Future, mm-hmm. the song that Marty McFly does at the dance. Spoiler Johnny alert. Be Good. It was about over 30 it. years ago. Yeah. But yeah. Shame on you if you haven't seen Back mm-hmm. to the Future. But uh, Johnny Be Good is a song by Chuck Berry. But in the timeline, it was before Chuck Berry existed. Like, yeah, before he blew up as a as a musician. Uh, so that's why you have the scene of. Oh, sorry, that's my ringtone. That's dope. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> um. So. Uh, that's why you have the scene of his cousin Marvin Berry. <laughs> That's the most cousin name. Well, it was very to funny too because I texted some friends. I was like, "Hey, man, did y'all hear Chuck Berry died?" And he's like, "Did someone tell Marvin?" <laughs> <laughs> someone go tell Marvin. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like saying that he's one of the most influential ever. Um, the Well, I guess if you want to say that his sound was stolen by certain artists. I don't uh, know if I want to say necessarily stolen. Well, I mean. But it was like, I mean, around that time, everything, all rock was blues based anyway. Well, you could, uh, where I get that from is, I mean, probably like in the, in the history of the, well, like, how would I say this? There's a court case that says that artist stole oh, from him. Okay, okay. Uh, there's the case of uh, I can't remember his song, which one it was exactly, but he had a song that was, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because the Beach Boys had a song called Surfing USA, mm-hmm. and it sounded exactly like one of Chuck Berry's songs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can find exactly what song that was. Sweet Little Sixteen by okay. Chuck Berry. Huh. 
And that sounded like um, Surfing U- or Surfing USA kind of took that. Yeah. That's well, funny. Just to give you an idea of what we're talking about here, because it was it was actually like pretty blatant. <laughs> like it's clear that it, it sounds like. Um... All right. So this is Sweet Little 16 by Chuck Berry. Let's see. It's not... Okay. Here we go. They're really rocking in Boston and Pittsburgh, PA, deep in the heart of Texas and round the Frisco Bay, all over St. Louis and down in New Orleans. I hear it. <laughs> all the cats gonna dance with sweet little sixteen, sweet little sixteen. So you already hear it. Yeah, I already <laughs> hear it. Yeah, USA. So let's give our plate Surfing USA. Yeah, you can you kind of hear it. <laughs> so uh, there's a court case and he won, and I believe he gets credit. I don't know if he got credit as a songwriter <laughs> right off, but mm-hmm. um, I know he won the case. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, he does. He does have credit as a songwriter for that. So yeah. Um, and also, like he, so he influenced the Beach Boys, of course, and the Beatles, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. specifically, um, specifically John Lennon. John Lennon, yeah, John Lennon loved him, yeah. Um, so it's like he's he's kind of like the the foundation for what rock and roll became, mm-hmm. um, and um. I, it's underappreciated because of probably of who he was personally later in his life, <laughs> later in his life <laughs> kind of stuff he got into, Yeah, you know? Um, but the, uh, his influence can't be, it no. can't be overlooked. I mean, you really with any, um, any rock artist that you hear, he, you can't, uh, you can't really escape his influence. That's, I mean, hell, that's one of the, like, when you're learning guitar and you like, you know, you're learning how to solo with blues songs. Um, Johnny B. Good is one of those songs where like you just naturally learn it because it's so it's so bluesy that it really just kind of falls on the blues, like on the pentatonic scale. And it's just easy to play. It's easy to solo to. Um, <clears throat> so it's just one of those songs where um, when you're starting out, like, you know, within, when you're in your first year of guitar playing, you're going to learn that song. It's that type of song. Um, and it's just fun to play. And then it is whatever you make it. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, rest in peace to Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, uh, last week I went to a concert. Who did you go see, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to see Fantagram. It was my second time seeing them. I was going to say anyone who follows you on Instagram should, should yeah. have seen it. There's, there are plenty of pictures and. There's some good stuff in your story too. Yeah. Well, that's gone now. It's only that only lasts 24 hours. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Get the pictures though. Get yeah. the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to see Fandigram at the Tabernacle. Um, I I was kind of expect like I went to see them October 2014, mm-hmm. uh, also at the Tabernacle, and at the time, uh, I was like, well, I was telling people like in line like. Uh, yeah, you know, have you heard a Big Boy's album? They produced a couple of songs with mm-hmm. them on there. And, you know, it would be funny if he, like, showed up. That would be funny. <laughs> and then he did. Yeah, I saw the pictures <laughs> and the on the story, too. That was pretty wild. Uh, 
And then, well, that was the the first time he showed up. The first oh, time that was I the went, first time. Came. Okay, okay, my bad. The second time, I was kind of like half expecting it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's Atlanta. Um, you know, maybe they'll do you know songs from their their Big Grams EP, mm-hmm. and then he showed up and they <laughs> did a couple songs. So it was it was pretty fun. Um, I really uh, I like this show because it was. Um, they, the setup, they, they used more of the space mm-hmm. this time. Uh, the first time everybody was on, they had a couple of risers, but then they used more of the space. So it was more like, um, there, they have a, a, uh, a guy who also, I think he follows me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, he's their synth and guitar player. He was on one side. They had a new drummer. It looked like a, a different guy from the last time. It might've been the same guy. You just grew a beard. I'm not sure, mm. but, uh, they were like higher up than they were the first time I saw them. And, um, and they used, uh, they had, they used with visually, like everything was a white screen, but they would, I don't know where these cameras were, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like distorted, but you saw them like performing on the, 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 um, white screen on the light screen. Yeah. But it was kind of a distorted image. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just looking up trying to see like, where are these cameras that are pointing <laughs> at them? Because it was like really close up and, yeah. um, and they kind of like merged it all together. Um, but it, it was fun and, uh, good crowd. Yeah. Good crowd. Okay. No, I mean, it looked like a good show. Um, depending on the cost of the tickets, I might actually try to go with you next if they come back. Because it looked like a good show. Yeah, yeah. I think it was... Um, if I'd ordered them earlier than I did, I probably wouldn't have put a pay less. I think it was a total of like $50. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, if I'd gotten them when they were... When they right went on sale, it probably would have been like 25 or something. Oh, okay. But... But you uh, procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> it was procrastination for like like a week. Oh god. <laughs> it just went up like that, but still still worth it. Um so uh I would encourage people to go see go to live shows. Uh like to me for me, like my limit is a place like Tabernacle. Like mm-hmm. if it's if they're at Phillips, I'm probably not going. Yeah, that's too big. <laughs> It'd have to be someone I really want to see. Um, for me to go to an arena like that, like I might, like if I had the money to go see Sting and he was there, yeah. I'd probably pay it to go see Sting. But like, if it's just someone I kind of want to see, nah, it's cool. I watch some YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you're you're like a, a fan of them. Like you know, back in the days, I think people went to concerts. Like a lot of one hit wonders had mm. big, huge tours. Mm-hmm. And you were, you're going to see them and you only heard that one song mm-hmm. <laughs> and they probably did that song first. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, cause every now and then you will have that person, um, this like a, a fan of a band that's a one hit wonder. I don't know why they, they made fun of this on American dad where, um, uh, one of the characters was a huge fan of the fabulous Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so weird. Like he was bragging about how he got like these really good tickets. They were only seventeen fifty. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> but like, yeah. So I feel like there's there's always that person that's like, oh yeah, I love um, I love. I'm trying to think of one hit wonder now. I can't. Um, the Tubes. I love all their songs. Like I love all their. Yeah. It's like no, you don't. 
Oh, their song. Yeah. You don't even know. Who are the tubes? You don't even know. I've heard two songs by the Fabulous Thunderbirds. I know two songs. Yeah. He was making, he kept dropping references to the songs and nobody got them. He goes, even goes like, are you tough enough? And they're like, is that, is that one of the songs? Like, <laughs> yeah. Have, I, I'm pretty sure there's people listening now who don't know who the Fabulous Thunderbirds are or the tubes. Um, no. And you know what? If their record sales go up after this, um, I think we should get a cut. Yeah. Yeah. If I see them even in the top 100 of of Spotify or anything, I want some money. Put that out there. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, just really obscure. Yeah. That's yeah. what we bring, guys. That's what we bring. All right. So, um... oh, yeah. <laughs> 32 years ago mm. this past week. <laughs> this is, oh God, I, I can't, I, I can't even really put into words as a kid what this movie meant to me. <laughs> and to know that it's, you know, basically the same age as me. Um, that's crazy. So if, if, for those of you who don't know what's playing in the background, um, this is the title track to the movie. Uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, and I feel like you have to say Barry Gordy's The Last uh, Dragon, and that's what it says on the that's what it says on the soundtrack. Yeah, you that, have like, to say he that. Put his name on it. Um, yeah, this was um, black exploitation at its finest. Although I feel like Barry Gordy probably wouldn't refer to it as black exploitation. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. I can't talk because he probably wouldn't want to admit that um, that that's what it is. But I mean, like it's a kung fu movie. Um, with a black a, a, a black main character as the as the hero, <laughs> like, you, and it's, it's basically it's, got, it's a it's a black version of a kung fu movie. Yeah. like as far as like the name of the character, mm-hmm. Bruce Leroy, <laughs> aka well Leroy Green, what's his real name, aka Bruce Leroy, um, who lived in we well, lived in Harlem, right? Yeah, Harlem. His dad had a pizza shop, Data Green's Pizza. Um, just move your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. <laughs> um, we also got to see Vanity Six in her, um, or just Vanity. Just Vanity. Um, in her, um, her only acting role, I guess, really. Well, Is no. She, was she in something she, else? She was in, uh, you heard of a movie called Action Jackson? Mm-mm. It had, uh, Carl Weathers. Why did I know that? <laughs> Why did I know that? <laughs> Carl Weathers and, uh, Craig T. Nelson before oh. Coach. <laughs> Uh, I think it was one of Sharon Stone's first roles. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's like action movie. Oh, Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> late in, in, in the late 80s. Like, yeah, I think that was one of those efforts to where like this was after Rocky. Yeah. Okay. This was after uh, Predator. Mm. And I think uh, like Commando. He was like he was everywhere. He's a low key mm-hmm. action star in the 80s. But no, he was he wasn't the last dragon, which was what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had the yeah. Shogun of Harlem, <laughs> aka Show Nuff. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, I feel like every Asian character in this movie looked like a stereotype. <laughs> like, you had the little kid that helped him who had like the big teeth. I was like, which was was that Ernie Reyes? Jr.? Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I think Ernie <laughs> Reyes senior was one of the like fight choreographers okay. uh, he was in the movie i think okay yeah. but uh, he was one of the fight choreographers and of course he has his son mm-hmm. in it um 
and then you had yeah. the um, the three. So, and this is something I don't know a ton about as far as like eighties, you know, pop culture, New York, whatever. So you had the three Asian guys who acted black. Yeah, and I felt like maybe that was supposed to be a play on the fact that like if um, if Leroy Green were black. I mean, or were Asian, that would be three black guys rather than three Asian guys. Because it was just basically three Asian dudes who dressed in street clothing that acted black. They would dance and, and do things like that. And then um, they worked at a, at a fortune cookie factory. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, and I guess maybe if they were black, they would work at, I, I don't know, like a a pawn shop. I don't know. I don't know. But that, I, that always kind of struck me, like the dichotomy there. Like you have this one guy who's, you know, like, you know, basically doing Asian culture, Leroy Green, he meditates, he fights Kung Fu. He, he lives like a monk where he abstains from relationships and everything. And then you got these three Asian dudes who act like, you know, they're like three black dudes from, from Harlem. Like they dance, they break dance. Yeah. That. Look, this is kind of like, maybe the underlying message is everybody appropriates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was really, it was, it was almost like black Asia. Like you, I mean, hell, the Shogun of Harlem. I mean, like he mastered the glow. Like it was just, you know, spoiler alert. You know, don't want to try not to give everything away. If you haven't seen the Last Dragon, people go watch this movie. I mean, it's a fantastic yeah. film. I mean, it's look. This was the mid '80s, so mm -hmm. there's going to be some cheese, mm -hmm. some '80s cheese. But uh, it's it, it will it will grow on you. I've, um, I've probably seen it like thirty or forty times. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, favorite song on the soundtrack? Ooh, um, probably the glow. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. I like the glow. I really <laughs> do like. Um, well, because also the um, the rhythm of the to beat or the rhythm of the night is on there too. But Written I don't consider Diane Warren her first hit, <laughs> which I don't I don't consider that a part of the soundtrack because I don't think it was written for the soundtrack. Yeah. Um. So but it thinking, was just the barge. They were on yeah, Motown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same thing with the um, um, that I found the place song that Vanity sings. I like that song too, mm -hmm. but I don't even know if that was written for the movie. But like as far as songs that centrally around that theme of that song, the glow, uh, which is what plays when they go into the um, into the studio by themselves, and yeah. Vanity's I guess trying to seduce him, and she plays that behind Bruce Lee videos. It was awesome, and he starts going crazy because apparently he's Bruce Leroy. Um, but yeah, I love I love the glow. That was awesome. All right, uh, yeah, I would just have to say that that's that might be my my favorite is the glow. Mm -hmm. um, man, uh, Stevie Wonder in the yeah upset stomach, right? <laughs> yeah, Stevie Wonder music in the from the eighties very suspect. Yeah, it's like um, mm -hmm. I mean I know he won an Oscar for. I just called to say I love you, but there's a lot of people who are like, that was not his best um, work. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, ups, like, have an upset stomach and a broken heart. Mm -hmm. Like, Barry's like, Steve, yeah, I need a song for the soundtrack. I, I I don't have any. Just give me anything. Just what whatever you got. Like, well, I wrote this, but it's just a demo. Like, we'll use it. We'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you want to re-record it? No, just use the demo. Like, like what? All right. <laughs> we, we use the demo. You don't have to re-record. Like, are you sure? Like, I, it's not done. <laughs> you know, we got to have, like, if we put, like, Stevie Wonders on the soundtrack, then people are going to buy it. <laughs> and, like, he didn't even, like, they didn't even really use it in, like, a big part of the movie either. 
like it was like a bit song. Like it was like, uh. but Willie Hutchins and the glow, like he, yeah. 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 Second uh, though, is like, it's, it's very closely in front of though, the last dragon just because of, and for me, it's about when the songs came on. So of course, you know, they play the last dragon at the end, the big fight scene at the end where he has to go save vanity and, you know, Eddie Arcadia has, um, yeah. <laughs> Eddie Arcadia has, um, hired the Shogun of Harlem to fight, um, to get rid of Bruce Leroy. Um, man, I'm just getting, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like I might try to go <laughs> and watch that tonight. Um, also the, uh, very nicely parodied in, um, Buster Rhymes in a Buster Rhymes oh, video. Oh yeah, that was, um, in, da- in Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, where he, sh- he, yeah, it was creepy because it looked just like him. <laughs> it was so creepy. I kept hearing, like, for a while, there's going to be, like, a remake. Mm-hmm. And Samuel L. Jackson was going to play the Shogun of Harlem. He likes to yell enough. I could see. <laughs> so we'll see how we're, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a, a remake of it. I mean, it would be cool, mm-hmm. but hey, we have the original and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Missy Elliott is in the news. She's going to be performing in her first U.S. shows in um, over 10 years. Yeah. Uh, This is from Vibe Magazine. Also, at the same time, while she's going to do her, uh, uh, do some new U.S. concerts, her debut album, Super Duper Fly, is 20 years old. And see this, <laughs> see, this is, it's going to be reissued <clears throat> on vinyl for the first time. That's nice. This and the fact that my friends are now starting to approach me with multi-level marketing schemes lets me know that I'm getting old. <laughs> um, like every, it seems like every day, like, oh yeah, this album's 20 years old. This album's 30 years old. It's like, God, um, Super Duper Fly still sounds good to be 20 years old. Like it still sounds very good. Um, it was a little ahead of its time. I can't stand the rain. And, um, I'm trying to think what the other song I loved on there with, um, the song she did with, um, 7-Eleven, not 7-Eleven, 702. <laughs> <laughs> 702 and Magoo beat me now on one socket to me. Hey, that was a good album. That was a very good album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she'll be performing at the FYF fest, which is in which is in LA uh, this summer. She'll be one of the, it's a three day festival. She'll be the first night headliner with Bjork. Uh, Hmm. Also performing there. uh, Frank Ocean, Nine Inch Nails, Tribe Called Quest, Erica Badu, Iggy Pop, Solange, Run the Jewels, Flying Lotus, Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals, MGMT. And they're uh, still around. I didn't know they're still doing it. Hannibal Burris, I guess he'll be doing a set there. Oh, nice. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, yeah, FYF Fest, that's where she'll be performing. And it's her first uh, solo concert since 2008. So nine years, but Well, I mean, she had still. a huge response when she came out in the Super Bowl. Yeah. She had a really good response. <laughs> I think there was, there was a demand for her, um, for some music from her after... Mm-hmm from with Katy Perry at the Super Bowl. Oh God, that was the Katy Perry year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she has dropped some, some singles. She has a song called take you there. Uh, I, I know the song WTF 
and she has another song called I'm Better. So there's looks to be a new album in the works. I would like that very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, okay, so there's going to be a remake of Mulan Disney movie. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be a live action. So like they've done with the Jungle Book, like they've done with Beauty and the Beast. Uh, there's going to be a live action remake of Mulan, but this will not feature any music. <laughs> so Donny Osmond is uh, not going to. Yeah, Donny Osmond, he's out of work. Uh, well, at least he won't be working on this. Yeah. But um, does this, I don't know. I mean, it may, people may be saying, oh, it's ruining my childhood. I mean, I don't know if they said that on Reddit or anything. Or I Tumblr, don't know. I haven't, I haven't but, seen the article yet, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know it's, it is interesting to where if you're going to do a live action remake, I mean, you don't, ha- it doesn't have to be a, a shot for shot or you have to use mm-hmm. the exact same music, but. Uh, the music was part of these yeah. films. Yeah, all those '90s Disney's movies, Disney's '90s Disney <laughs> movies. Yeah, the music was a, a huge. Like, I mean, hell, um, hell it was just a few years ago. We were at um, what a bar in Kennesaw, and someone did um, um, "I'll Make a Man Out of You," "Be a Man," and like the whole bar like goes crazy because <laughs> like the songs are that big, and I think you probably could have done like you know, "I Can't Wait to Be King." Same thing would have probably happened. Yeah, you know those songs um, are what keep them in our heart, as Phil Collins, you know, <laughs> sang on Tarzan. So you you could just go on for days, like you know, all of the all of the most memorable you know things about the movies have always been the songs. Um, with that said, I'm totally down for this if they make it edgy, like if they make a really edgy Mulan, mm-hmm. make it like PG-13 or R, um, like where Mulan just like be slicing people. I'll see it. <laughs> I'll definitely see it. Um, and said, I, I'm, I'm just, I guess my main concern would be, will they cast a white girl as Mulan? Rooney Mara. That's my, that's my... <laughs> look, look, you spoke it into existence. Look what you did. Baron. Like on one hand, <laughs> I feel bad for the, for the actors that do it. Cause like, I would like a check, but then on the other half, it's like, I'm pretty sure if if they refuse to take it, then you'd be forced to find an actor of that ethnicity. Because like if basically everyone was like, "No, I don't want to play this character," um, you should go find someone who's you know at the at the time where we had uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, sorry, <laughs> in the Great Wall, <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson. And Has Ghost the Great the Wall Shell. come out yet? Yeah, it came out. Okay, because I wanted to I see think. it. I wanted to see what his role was. Before I judged it, because like if he's not the hero, cool. All right, then he's just a character. He's just there. He's the only guy on the poster. If he's the hero, then <laughs> what? Because <laughs> like I kept imagining like, all right, he's there, but then like he like he punks out and has to get saved, and they're like, you know, see, if you just watch the movie, <laughs> white man can't save everybody. <laughs> But like it's so like it's in the same vein like yeah if like you know as a black dude if you didn't know by the way I'm black um, as a black dude if somebody wait what no <laughs> <laughs> um, if somebody came up to me and was like hey Ben uh, we want you to star in a remake of Forrest Gump <laughs> and I'd be like but wasn't Forrest white like yeah but we want to make some changes and here's a twenty million dollar check 
All right, mom always I say always it. First day of shooting. Yeah, like I'm showing up. <laughs> yes, I will be there. Yeah, I don't know that. Just so, I mean, I imagine it's hard to turn down good money. <laughs> it's hard to turn that down. Like, man, they rolled up a truck of money to my apartment. <laughs> like, all right, you got me. Like, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see, to see what they do. Well, if Disney's make, remaking it, uh, it, I mean, they, it can only be so edgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still use certain... Well, they, there's a gay character in Beauty and the Beast. So well, yeah. They're yeah. getting, you know... Maybe it's people who realize, you know what, Walt Disney's been dead for a long, long time. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't have to use the somebody lost a parent... Or the 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 mother or the stepmother is always evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be like that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, of course, we'll talk about some uh, some new music. Of course, on the Billboard charts, number one is still Ed Sheeran. Um, he's <laughs> number one in the. Um, he's the he's number he has still the number one song. Uh, the Shape of You, the still number one album, uh, which is the uh, Divide, and is he on that Power Index they have? Number one. Yeah, I I thought that was a link there, but <clears throat> let's check out the Artist 100. It's just funny to me. Just it's it's like a like they just want to power rank everything. It's so funny. Um. Well, while I pull up the Billboard Artist 100, there's some new music that came out this week. Yeah, Drake dropped a new album. And so I was reading, he dropped it on Radio 1, not Radio 1, but um, Apple Radio. Apple, Apple Music? Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really liked it. Like, it's, it's, I, I feel like Views just came out, which I know it didn't, but um, he, he don't sound like he's progressing very much. Like, he's just not... I don't know. Everyone seemed very excited, but for me, I was like, this sounds exactly like what I would expect it Drake to drop, which at this point is getting kind of old. So that's just my two cents, at least. Uh, I haven't listened to it at all. Um, oh, number one on the artist 100 is still Ed Sheeran. Our man, Ed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to it. Uh, from what I've, um, uh, from what I've read, uh, now I, I've said that Drake thinks he's from Houston. He mm-hmm. thinks he's from Atlanta. I think he thinks he's from Jamaica now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, from what I've read, it's more dance hall, uh, influenced and, uh, and it's very pop, mm-hmm. pop and dance hall, even though that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> sound like. Unless you're a real combination, but if anyone remembers Sean Paul, yeah, (laughs) um, it it has worked before. I was gonna say, kind of too, um, rock steady to a certain degree, with uh, no doubt, yeah, (laughs) heavy dance hall influence there, or just really heavy reggae influence there. But they're a Scott band too, so makes sense. But I mean, that first one, what that had Lady Saw on it, um, underneath it all, yeah, that's a straight (laughs) reggae song, (laughs) yeah, uh. So, um, uh, who else did we get new music from? We got new music from everyone's favorite animated band, the Gorillas. <laughs> so are they, are they rap? Are they alt? Are they? They're more alt. 
but yeah. they just use influencers. There's a lot of rappers. <laughs> I mean, who or whatever you think the uh, it was one of the guys from Blur. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever he's listening to at the time, that's what the gorillas yeah, playing. That's, that's, that's like. might turn out. Um, we have a new song with Zane and Party Next Door. They did a song together. I might check that out. Party Next Door might save that track. Uh, David Guetta and Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne, because maybe this is the only way Nicki Minaj will get work now. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, K-Dot, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar dropped a new single. I, need, um, I have not listened to that yet, but I heard he disses Drake. He dissed a lot of people. Yeah. I think J. Cole also and oh. Big Sean. Well, I don't know if there are references to it. I haven't listened to the song yet. But Why are you going after J. Cole? J. Cole don't beef with nobody. Like Because Jake because he probably thinks J. Cole is is too uppity <laughs> to work with other people. No, he just he's he, just he, trying to he be made, he went number one with no features. Twice. <laughs> he's just he's just J. Cole's just like, hey man, I'm just I got a lot to say. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it all out. Uh I don't know if he did. So I, I still. Uh, it would again, be really funny though if he's song. just like I've been trying to get on a J Cole album for like five years and he won't let me on. We were gonna all. We almost did a mixtape together. Then that didn't happen. Then he came and... in here talking about like no features. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> no features. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else has new songs? Uh, well, I don't know if you've heard of this um, duo called Mansions. It's uh, Black Bear and Mike Posner. I will check them out because I like Mike Posner. <clears throat> uh, they have a song with uh, G Easy. Okay, um, okay. I still might check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of like lowered your expectations. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't or, dislike or lowered your interest. Yeah, I don't like, G, I don't like, well, expectations. I don't really, I don't hate G Easy like some people do, but like, he ain't all that. Like he's, you know, like I feel bad because like when you're a white rapper, the bar set pretty high. Like it was already set pretty high before, and then Eminem came along, so it's set even higher. Like yeah. it's so I mean, so you, you, high. you'll get compared mm -hmm. to Eminem regardless. Yeah. Just like any white forward that comes into the NBA mm -hmm. is, get, is getting compared to Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. um, any shooting guard that well, I mean that's a different race, but you get our point. You yeah. get our point. <laughs> well, I, look, I can still confuse G Easy with Machine Gun Kelly, so. <laughs> That doesn't say much about me or does it say a lot about me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So basically if you're a white rapper, um, you either must be as good as, or better than Eminem yeah. <laughs> to really make, um, <laughs> to make a scene, which is, uh, so that's a pretty hard, that's a pretty high bar. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, all also new music from Iggy Azalea. So she's still around. Yeah. See, uh, there's no comparison for her. There's no big female white rappers. So I feel no. like that's why it kind of worked for her. Well, I think like the, the female white rappers that you know of, they were only around for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, like, um, I swear I thought pink was one at first, like that first album. Well, yeah. The, the R&B album yeah. <laughs> that she probably disowns. Yeah. I bet, <laughs> I bet you she don't play that on tour. <laughs> like you just y'all. There you go. She's like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> I don't know that song. <laughs> uh, remember like creation? I do not. Uh, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> People listening might, might remember creation I'm or, um, or, uh, when 
Fer, on Fergie's album, mm-hmm. she's only made one. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> but she was rapping a lot. Was she really? Yeah. Oh. Fergalicious. Oh, yeah, she She's did. Fergalicious rap. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, she did. And you know why I forgot? Because I don't like to listen to that album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Although I, I I like the beat from London Bridge. You know, shout out to Polo to Don from Atlanta. Um, but that's it. That's all I like about that album. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of like Big Girls Don't Cry at the beginning. Um, but then I kind of even like put that to the side. So it's just like, ugh. Mm-mm. Um, yeah. Other than that, well, there's some remixes. There's a remix of Maroon Five, who we'll talk a little more about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Remix of Katy Perry. Um, Was it that uh, change to the rhythm? Yeah, growing on me. Okay. Is it growing on me? I didn't want it to, but it's growing on me. And uh, as I mentioned, Gorillas featuring. Is it Dram or D R A M? I'm not I sure. I was, yeah. We're not young enough to know. We got. No. <laughs> Might be too old for that. Uh, All Time Low. They're okay. okay. Yeah, they have a new song. Okay. Um, Trey Songs and Young Thug featuring 2 Chains and Wiz Khalifa. Hmm. And P&B Rock. I'm not sure who that is. Must be a new mm, guy. Never heard them. Yeah. But they have a new <clears throat> song together. Um yeah, and of course, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, so check those out. I guess I need to get around some younger people to see how you pronounce that, D-R-A-M, or if it's Dram, because none of my friends are old are young enough to listen to it. So, like, I've never heard anyone actually say it. <clears throat> um, I mean, for the youngest time, I thought Lil Yachty was Lil Yachty, because it just made, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I was like, what? what's a Yachty? What is <laughs> like? Is it a like a yacht, a yacht like yacht, or like I don't know. I'm, I'm I like I like going out in little yachties. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Uzi Vert means. I I kind of took that as Uzi, like the gun. I don't know where the Vert came from though. Yeah, I mean, there was that that video of a guy saying like, if you say it really fast, you're saying Lucifer. Wow. Okay, kinda, wait, kinda, but yeah. let, let's stop being old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Get off my lawn. Let's stop being old men right now. Get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it for our music news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ben, what is your earworm of the week? I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. Um, taking it back to the old school because you're an old fool. Mm, so it's so cool. cool. <laughs> um, I'm going with... Uh, I, I've been listening to this song a lot. Martina McBride, Whatever You Say. Um, this, for me, was a box classic. For those of you who don't know what the box the was. box. Yeah. This was one of those videos. I actually did not have the box. I just heard it mentioned a lot. Um, <laughs> so, like, to give you an idea, the box was played. was is a music request service. It was a channel where you could call in and request music videos. And... Um, Whenever a music video wasn't playing, they would basically have lists of videos that they had that you could request at the time and the code that you would punch in to request a video. And then they would play like snippets of videos like while that was happening. So like you'd have a full screen of all the videos and then off to the side in a corner, you'd have like videos that we have that you can listen to the snippet if you never heard it. And around the time that I was, I was on the box all the time, this song was really popular and I always heard a snippet of the chorus 
and I would just always cross my fingers that somebody requested it. Cause that's the only way you'd hear it. <laughs> Cause like I couldn't go to my mom and be like, Hey mom, I want to call into the box. How much does that cost? Like that's what you'd probably get. And so, yeah, for me, this was a box classic. Like it wasn't until I got to college and found out how to download songs that I actually heard the full song. Um, so yeah, box classic right here. All right. So this is Martina McBride, whatever you say, and we'll be right back. I'm always making something out of nothing. You're saying everything's okay. You've always got an answer before I ask the question. Whatever you say, now we can change the subject. Pretend I never brought it up. Story anyway. Little we can work it out. Right now you talk down. Yeah, whatever you say. That is Martina McBride, Whatever You Say. Apparently it was on the box. I did not grow up with the box. (laughs) One of, um, I'll probably say too, if I may, one of country music's underappreciated big voices. Everyone knows your, um, now I can't think of the big voices now. Like your, well, I don't know if Tanya Tucker was considered a big voice, but like in the grand scheme of like big country artists, singers, Martina McBride doesn't really get brought up that much in the mainstream. I, I think she should. She's a really good singer, but yeah, that's just me. Right. Um, we did not do this last episode. The indie Instagrammer? The indie Instagrammer. Yeah. I didn't realize until like we actually like, well, we, we don't done. say cut here, but like, you know, yeah. cut. I was like, oh, you do that. I, yeah, I knew after we finished, I was like, eh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, our indie Instagrammer of the week. Of course, it's going to be someone who liked one of our posts on Instagram. Thank you for liking our post. 
And uh, this person is on Spotify who I found uh, this. Her name is Chelsea Lanks or Lankis. Um, I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Let me see. That name sounds familiar. Mm, I don't know. I don't okay. hear the song. She looks familiar. Um, she has some pretty popular songs on here. What's the name of them? Uh, Bullet. She has one called Bullet. Yeah, I've heard her before. I've heard of her. <laughs> I like her actually. <laughs> All right. Well, since <clears throat> since he's heard of her, she's technically disqualified. Yeah, she ain't she ain't indie. <laughs> she was on a um. That's cool. She liked one of our posts. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. We also have a like from uh, the Free Nationals, which is Anderson Pack's band. What? Okay, okay. And uh, the Far East Movement. There's. (laughs) Oh, snap. These are official accounts, people. So. Oh, my God. No, seriously. I loved um, Rocket. Like, Rocket. Rocketeer. Rocketeer. I love. I was about to say Rocket Ship, but no, yeah, Rocketeer. (laughs) Chelsea Lakes. Oh, man. Yeah, um, Bullet is probably my favorite song by her. Uh, well, we gotta find somebody I else then. That, ooh, <laughs> I dodged a bullet with you. Yeah, that's it's yeah, that's a good song. All right, so we found someone else here. Um, let's see if if she comes up here. Man, I hope she's listening. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry we had to disqualify you, but I'm gushing. <laughs> um, okay, come to Atlanta. uh this artist this is she only has one album on here and it came out in 2006 but this is emma jane tommen never heard of her all right (laughs) um let's see does she have a bio or anything no well at least not one on on spotify but her music is on there uh you can follow her at emma jane music on instagram and we'll play uh the most her most played song on Spotify, which is called This City. And as the 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 rules are with the indie Instagrammer of the week, it's someone who's liked our post, they're an independent musician. And if they're on Spotify, they don't have to be on Spotify, but uh, sometimes they, you know, we'll find them on there. Mm-hmm. Uh but we're gonna listen to, we'll listen to one of their songs for the very first time. Okay. So this is this city by Emma Jane Tommen. I have no idea what the uh, genre is. <laughs> she might. Well, she puts singer songwriter. Okay. So I'm expecting an acoustic guitar. <laughs> that term is thrown around too too loosely now. Yeah. This might be EDM people. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. This is this city by Emma Jane Tommen. Wise man said to me yesterday. On the top of that pub, if you can find a way, you can see Windsor Castle beyond the city. So I climbed right up, but the view was blocked by the high-rise buildings and the chimney tops. I imagined it just like it said. It was so pretty. It's very pretty. You can't tear it down, it's just imagination. You can build a dream so fast.
I like this, but I don't think she's gonna sell very much. <laughs> like I feel like this music is this type of music is dead. Yeah. Um, this would this this would have been this would have been a heavy feature on like VH1. Yeah, in the nineties. Oh, yeah. this would have this could have been on a movie soundtrack. This could have been a love theme. Like it could have been like you know um, fires burning in the background. And they're like we're we're okay, and then roll credits, and then this starts playing. Like this is, this is that type of song. Very well done, but just like, I mean that was I mean that this is that was the song came out. That song was is from two thousand six. Oh God, okay, so this could this could have been big yeah. then too. Yeah, uh, it it sounds like, like VH1. Should have mm-hmm. jumped on that or, or something, you like know. The type of video where like she's in the desert, um, like a band piano. desert playing piano. <laughs> Every now and then she'll stand up, and you have like the sweeping shots in of her, <laughs> as like you know, it's just like she's all alone somehow. <laughs> the piano, <laughs> or, or it may be a, a shot similar to uh, remember in November rain. Oh slash yeah, slash, yeah church. that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Only with the piano and her piano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that's all she has on Spotify. I mean, she may have more, but you can check out her. Um... And apparently, she's a proud mama. So yeah, <laughs> um, she's at Imogene Music on Instagram, and she also has a YouTube page and uh, a Facebook. So um, yeah, check her out. She may have more, like. Um, more music that just hasn't been released or just hasn't been put on Spotify or whatever. Um, going to add that to our indie Instagrammer of the week yeah. playlist, which is on Spotify right now. It doesn't have everything. Um, everybody on Spotify. Yeah. Everybody's not on there. <laughs> and if you're not on Spotify, you need to get on Spotify. I don't know how you would do it. If you do know, let us know. <laughs> Cause we try and get this podcast on there. Um, because you know, I don't listen to Mark Marin or whoever else they got on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we started off the show uh, with a song that Ben had not heard before Mm-mm. called "Joints and Jam" by the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, this was they are. Uh, if anyone um, follows me on Instagram, I posted four different black eyed peas albums like they are in two eras they're, they're split <laughs> in two eras before and after fergie mm-hmm. uh before uh fergie the black eyed peas were considered um well if you if you hated them you would say oh they're just a knockoff de la soul mm-hmm. um but a lot of people favored them uh, like com- compared them favorably to de la soul mm-hmm. a little bit of tribe called quest um like an indie hip hop artist, yeah. You know they were they were indie, they, um, you know they were. Uh, what else would you just? Uh, they're part of the native tongues. So I was yeah. What that was. Um, and they were Canadian, right? No, 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 no. no they're big in Canada though, because I first saw them on Much Music. That's why I thought they were Canadian for a yeah. long time. Yes. And um, yeah, it was kind of like. It was kind of like party hip hop, but with, but like we're, uh, it was party hip hop you could take serious. (laughs) Like it was like, it was, and 
Because I remember, so I had not heard that song, but I had heard, I'm just going to start referring to it as BF before Fergie. <laughs> I'd heard, you know, Black Eyed Peas BF, and um, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was just so different. It was so, so different. Um, and as a matter of fact, I want to think I had heard them um, before Where's the Love. Like, that wasn't the yeah. first Black Eyed Peas song I heard. Um, cause they were somewhat popular on much music, which was the, is like the Canadian equivalent to, um, MTV. Are they still around much music? They're now fuse fuse. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I remember like, um, like I, I remember seeing an advert on much music where they were at the Junos, which I was like, why are they at the Junos? That's, and that's why I thought that they were Canadian initially. Cause I was like, why else would you go to the Junos unless you were Canadian? Like you have no reason to be there. So, but yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, they sounded good enough, but I mean, well, I am one of that money. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure what the, I don't know what the story is and I kind of don't want to look that up, even though I kind of look up everything. Well, no, they here, brought but, they brought her on but there. Why, but yeah. Why was furry brought in? If I remember correctly, and I can look it up too, at the insistence of a producer, um, to bring in a, a female vocalist, I believe so. Um, and it just ended up really completely changing their sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was, it was a producer, if I remember correctly, that suggested she comes in, um, and they just tried her out and it worked. Now, while we brought this up now, we're not, we start, I started the show by saying we, we've already sold out, but not, <laughs> not to say that black eyes are sellouts. I mean, some people may call them sellouts, mm -hmm. but the, I guess what we're really, what we really wanted to discuss here is, you know, what constitutes a sellout what does it mean to be a sellout mm -hmm. you know um as a as a as an artist you may look at someone like you may look at the black ips and by adding in fergie it changes their sound they become more pop rap and then it evolved into edm and weird haircuts uh so i'm, I'm reading here though <laughs> Um, and this is, a, so this is something I did forget. Nicole Scherzinger, Scherzinger, have you said, was initially Scherzinger. approached to be in the Black Eyed Peas. Mm -hmm. But this was around the time the show Pop Star was popular and she was still in Eden's crush. Mm. So she couldn't do it. Um, so she had to decline. Um, so then they go with, Fer they go with Fergie. It said, uh, uh, hire a new blonde bombshell. I'm trying to see why did it, why did they do it? I'll have to find out later. But yeah, that's just an interesting tidbit. As far as that goes, dude. Okay. We were initially going to get Nicole Scherzinger, which would have been, I mean, just so people know, she's a much better singer than Fergie. <laughs> like, she she wipes the floor with Fergie vocal-wise. But I don't know if, like, she has that style. Fergie brings somewhat of a, a different kind of style. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think, if it was the same kind of arc, the mm -hmm. same kind of story or, or same career arc or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nicole Scherzinger doesn't make the Duchess. She doesn't make that kind of no, album. She, does not. she doesn't make no. any of those kinds of songs. No. Uh, and I think what made Fergie as big as she is or was is that she, I guess she, she brought a certain, she had a different dynamic to her vocally mm -hmm. uh, to where she, you know, she could sound like she was rapping. I think I, I call her sometimes the predecessor to Kesha. Oh, Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> That's who did it. Jimmy Iovine. Oh. So they brought her in to um, try it on, on the song Shut Up. Um, she got the gig instantly and bonded with the trio, going to record five additional songs on the album. 
Um, then shortly before Elephant came out, Jimmy Iovine offered Ferguson a permanent spot to take over vocal duties. And it's something that they actually kind of, um, the Black Eyed Peas actually had done on their previous yeah, so album. Yeah, Kim Hill they had before. Yeah, Kim Hill was on one of their songs. And uh, as I always say, I, I feel like I'm going to say her name wrong. Estero mm-hmm. uh, was on the song Weekends from Bridging the Gap. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and the song with, with Kim Hill, um, Hot from Bridging the Gap. So it was something that they were kind of already doing. They also had a song with Late Nubians. Uh, on that album. So having the female vocalist was something that they were already doing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was enough to where like weekends was kind of a hit. Um, but they, uh, I guess they continue with that, but I guess the thing is with, with Elephant, I, I did I buy Elephant or did I get it for free? I didn't buy it. I just, I heard all the songs and I downloaded some of them in college. Yeah. Shut up was one of them. (laughs) I I may have bought this album. (laughs) Uh, But I, I, I think I may have bought it thinking joints and jams was on it because I didn't see the, um, I didn't look at the the song listings, Mm. but anyway, um, it changed, it changed what they, it changed what they were to, Mm. and and it got, and they got so big to the point where people don't even know about those first two albums. No. They would probably think that Where's the Love was their first record. Yeah. Um, which really kind of catapulted because Justin Timberlake was on the was yeah. on vocals too. And, after, and that he had just gone solo mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Justified was huge. Um and I mean NSYNC was huge, Justified was a big hit. So yeah, let's throw this kid on here, have him sing background background vocals on it. Which I wouldn't be I wouldn't even be surprised if like um initially he wasn't supposed to be on there. And they're like, Well, we need something to to, to a, an extra push. And they just they brought him in and just added in some vocals. Yeah. yeah. And what's also interesting is that um with with that, like people don't eat okay, you know Black Ivies, you know Fergie, you mm-hmm. know Will I Am. Who are the other two guys? Don't even know. Don't even who, know. Who knows Taboo? I know one looks at Apple D out. Who knows who the, who knows who they are? <laughs> who knows which one is taboo? And which one is taboo? I'm looking at them right now, and I'm just like, uh, one looks Asian and one looks really old. I don't know which. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you people only know two of the members, <laughs> mm-hmm. and only one of them that you know has been there since the beginning. <laughs> uh, but what we're talking about here is is like the, the concept of being a sellout, mm-hmm. uh, to where if you change your, as an artist, if you change your sound, uh, or if you, um, if you change your sound significantly to, and then you end up being successful, uh, to the point where no one, but you know, at the same time, people may not take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it, um, are you also selling out by as a you're you're an artist, but then you uh, do an endorsement, you do yeah. a commercial. Yeah. Uh, for people who follow us on Instagram, I posted two commercials. Uh, one was MC Hammer for Taco Bell. <laughs> he actually has like more. He did one for KFC. 
he did one for Pepsi. Uh, but in the commercial for Taco Bell, um, one of the, how did that guy get lines? How did the other guy get lines for that commercial? I don't even know who he is. <laughs> he just had like the weirdest hairstyle I've ever seen. Um, like I'm, I'm just thinking like, how does he sleep at night? But he says, man, hammer, I'm starving. Let's go get some burgers. And he was like, some burgers, man, that's, <laughs> man, that's out the dough. I got some, I got something better in mind because he sees the Taco Bell across the street. But if he he's in a hotel, he's on tour, and people are they want hammer. Yeah, I don't know what they expect him to do. Like if the if it was after the show, <laughs> what's he supposed to do if like when they see him, what do they want? Mm. <laughs> An More. autograph picture, I, whatever. Start dancing now. Like <laughs> so they um and I and then this commercial had to come out when my sweetness. Or sweetness. Yo, sweet Yo, sweetness was a single. Is that playing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you see them do a oh, dance God. routine on the roof. They run up to the, they go out, they leave their hotel room. All the fans are right outside their hotel room. So they run, they go upstairs to the roof. They dance. They crop, they walk this little plank to this other building. Then they jump off the building. But this is hammer 1990 parachute pants. Parachute pants. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so he parachutes down with the pants. <laughs> to, and right in front of Taco Bell. Mm. It's like, this is how a hammer runs for the border. <sighs> and the other guy's like, because the border's in order. Like, wait, who is this guy and how'd he get lines? <laughs> because he has lines, he gets paid more than the other people in the commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, and their tacos were 59 cents. Remember those days? I do not. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so, uh, but with that commercial, it was considered widely considered that hammer sold out mm-hmm. because he did a commercial. He, he basically got an endorsement, but the next commercial I put up was, um, LeBron James and Lil Yachty mm-hmm. to where Lil Yachty sings cold, like a Sprite soda, but it's based on his, on one of his songs, I think called Minnesota. Yeah. It's cold like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Is that a sellout? And no, and, and who who would say that Lil Yachty is a sellout for doing mm-hmm. a Sprite commercial? I don't think anyone because at this because point it, 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 it's because commonplace it's, now. Yeah, yeah. Like so you get either you get a shoe or you get a commercial or we'll use your song and yeah, it's you know yeah, it's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So that's another um, way of being labeled a sellout. Uh, some people have done it like blatantly. They they know they've sold out, mm-hmm. and they'll and they'll say so. Like um, Johnny Lydon, lead singer of the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. he he's done some commercials. He's like, yeah, I, <laughs> all, the way, all the way to the bank. Liz yeah. Fair, same uh, way. Liz Fair, uh, Iggy Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's not a musician, but George Carlin um, yeah. talked about doing it when. It, remember MCI's ten ten two twenty? Yes, he did a commercial for them, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was like the spokesman for that. So, um, you know, he talked about he he later said that he like hated doing those commercials. <laughs> um, they didn't hate the check. Yeah, he he got those checks though. Um, so, doing endorsements is considering selling out because you're you're doing something for money period for for money yeah rather than for the art mm-hmm. you know and that's what um 
that's what get, can get you labeled a sellout. Uh, doing this topic was inspired by a Watch Mojo playlist uh, or list of the top 10 musical sellouts. And uh, one that was on the like nine out of 10 may have been related musically to where to how they sounded. <laughs> one of them I didn't think was fair <laughs> as far as musically. Musically, I don't think he sold out, but maybe image wise, he may if he sold out or did he change? And that's I think that's debatable. And that mm -hmm. of course I'm talking about Ice Cube. Yeah. To where, you know, he was one of the he was in the world's most dangerous group. Yeah, Ice Cube, then he was, Ice Cube was hard, man. Like Ice he Cube was, was really hard. <laughs> one of the most savage, rage-filled rappers you may have ever heard. Go listen to No Vaseline <laughs> if you don't believe it. <laughs> listen to um, it's one called um, I mean an album America's Most Wanted mm -hmm. with three K's mm -hmm. in America, and another album called Death Certificate. Mm -hmm. uh, Is that the one with the toe tag on the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So listen to either of those, but I think musically he may have matured or, but I don't think he like sold out musically, mm -mm. but you know, he has, if you look at his IMDB, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, he's done, you know, a lot of family friendly movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Was it, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we done yet? Mm -hmm. um, then he produced, then he produced the show too. Are we there yet? The show? Yeah. Yeah. He's making money, man. Making money. And also, uh, what was another family friendly movie he done? Well, I don't, I would he started say doing the Kevin Hart movies too, yeah. but he's like trying to be hard in the Kevin Hart movies. Well, yeah, he's, 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 he has that niche now as angry mm -hmm. black man, mm -hmm. uh, right along, right along with the yeah, one with Kevin yeah. Hart. And I haven't seen, I've seen School like the bullies. first 20 minutes of it. Fist fight. Oh, fist! I was calling school bully. No, fist yeah, fight. Yeah, with, fist um, fight with the dude uh, from Always Charlie Sunny. Day. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so now, and and he was also the angry black man in Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> oh, well, I haven't seen Twenty One Jump Street yet. Okay, he was like the the captain. He's okay, like, it's like angry black captain. It's like I like, and he even like pointed out, it's like I know what you're thinking. I'm an angry black police officer, just the stereotype. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm angry. I'm black and I work my ass off to be the captain. <laughs> so I think that's his niche now. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say that's selling out. I mean, he's being the, the, the straight man in the comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I wouldn't say, I, I would say he wouldn't actually belong on that list. If you're talking so, mm, excuse me. Oh, I don't know what just happened. You're right there. <laughs> Greg is taking a sip of water. Hmm. Don't leave me, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he didn't. Um, yeah, he didn't change musically. No, he didn't. And, at all. Uh, yeah, like he was still well, hell. Like he was still making songs. I push rhymes like yay. Like he's, like wait. Like wait. Excuse me. Why I say yay? Like wait. Like he's still talking about selling drugs. So like. <laughs> how, how is that, you know, selling out, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we, yeah, he didn't belong in the list because, yeah. But the other people in that list. Oh, we be clubbing too. Yeah, he's not a yeah. sellout. He is not a sellout. Come on, man. Music-wise, <laughs> Ice Cube is not a sellout. No. Um, but is he a sellout, like, as an actor? 
I, well, every actor sells out at some point. You well, know? <clears throat> for me, it's more so like, is he okay with what he's doing? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, Ice Cube is not like Ice Cube's not Robert Downey, not Robert Downey Jr. He's not Robert De Niro. He's not Dennis Wa- Dennis, not Dennis Washington, Denzel Washington. He's not Daniel Day Lewis. He's not Daniel Day Lewis. He's not like Ice Cube is not studying for months to become <laughs> a character. He's basically going out there and playing himself. So what do you expect? It's like Dave Chappelle said in his new special. Like, I'm not going to the Oscars. You've seen the movies I make. <laughs> like, Ice Cube ain't going up for an Oscar. You, we've seen the movies he makes. I mean, he pro- he probably watches them. He like he, pro- he might like them, <laughs> for all you know. So, yeah, that's what I get out of it. He ain't a, he's not a sellout. Um, now, we, we have a playlist, which will be released uh, by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, it will <laughs> be public on Spotify of well, those who have sold out. I know the cover the cover image is Hammer, but um, you know, wait, there's more. We're, we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at the musical part of it, you know. Um, Mike. Uh, well, we mentioned Liz Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just blatant. Um, yeah, she worked with the you, Matrix on the album. She she totally admitted it. To give um, you an example of what we have here, uh, this is Supernova by Liz Fair. you listen to the sound of it what do you get from it ben oh this is totally this is indie this is and this is um well this probably came out like what 93 94 uh this was 94 94 which was this exile on uh, main street uh or guy street or whatever whip smart whip smart i think it was before uh exile on guy yeah guyville yeah um this is from whip smart yeah like it's just it's got very um like the guitar is like very fuzzy there's heavy there's just heavy like um heavy punk heavy um i don't want to say grunge necessarily but just heavy heavy rock influence on it very indie rock influence um before indie rock became a bunch of shoegazing mm-hmm. which is i'll explain that term later but um oh that reminds me uh fanagram concert mm-hmm. they had an opening band called the velt Mm-hmm. Which was black shoegaze band? Really <laughs> interesting. I didn't know those existed. I, although I kind of, I, I kind of like shoegazing. Um, when I was, when I was in my early twenties, I liked it, and I kind of grew out of it because I mean, it's, it's cool and all, but like, it's just a wall of sound. Yeah, and that can get annoying. Um, but yeah, like it just has, um, just a lot of heavy modern rock influence to it. And this is why can't I by Liz Fair which is the sellout single. And I mean, truth be told, I love this album. (laughs) Um, I will say she has, so like one thing that Liz Fair is very known for is her edgy, her edgy material. Um, I think there's one song she has called hot white cum. Um, I think it's titled HWC, but that's the, yeah. Um, So she's known for her, um, her edgy material so she has one song on there called my favorite underwear which i think is supposed to be her edgy song um and it's, there is some profanity on here um going into the second verse oh here it is it's the beginning yeah she throws some innuendo in there every now and then the second verse uh, we haven't fucked yet but yeah like she'll throw it in there every now and then so i think that was maybe her like attempting to not sell out too much yeah trying to make it look like she didn't sell yeah. out 
But then she goes on and says, yeah, I sold out. She got the Matrix, who were like the hot producer team at the time. They, they were doing like the Hillary Duff stuff. What else did the Matrix do? Um, they did Avril Lavigne's album. Yeah. Um, Let Go. Um, they did a few other things. Um, the Matrix were pretty hot. And then they just kind of disappeared. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just very... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so we're with uh, Shakira. Okay, okay. Corn. The Matrix were with Corn. Myra. Oh, wait. I'm thinking that was Maya. That's not Maya. Okay. But anyway. Um. So, yeah. I mean, so it may be clear that she that she sold out mm-hmm. and tried to make herself more accessible as a pop artist. And that song was, and I knew some of her fans, they did not like this album. Um, and, um, because this was my first experience with Liz fair. I hadn't heard anything else by her because we didn't have Spotify back in the day, kids. Mm-hmm. So you had, if you know, if Liz fair didn't get played a lot on VH1 or MTV or BET, um, you just didn't hear them. You didn't hear them very much. And of course, Liz Ferris not going to get played on the radio. She's not that type of artist. But then when this came out, I was like, oh, like, I think I went to college. I was like, oh, man, I love Liz Fair. And of course, you know, it was this song. And they're like, oh, not that song, you know, which is to me another aspect of selling out. When you get too big and your, your original fan base doesn't like you anymore. And her original fan base didn't like her anymore, even though she went back to doing what she normally does. Her original fan base was done with her. Like they they wanted really nothing more to do with her. Um, and so that that's that's one of the like I guess the bigger examples of of selling out as far as her. Um, well, she admits it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and and you can actually hear the change. Um, now number one on the Watch Mojo list for music, music biggest musical sellouts was Green Day, which I definitely don't agree with. Um, I was trying to understand it. This may have been along the kind of it may be along the lines of the Ice Cube argument to mm-hmm. where, like, okay, it doesn't have well, it's not as much to do with the music, or um, maybe it's just a matter of them getting older and maturing. Yeah. But with Green Day, um, okay, you hear the album. I guess because the the first their first album is called Dookie, yeah. <laughs> and you have to stay you have to stay immature like that forever. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> and so like when you told me in the list, they're like, oh, because American Idiot became a musical. So what? Like American yeah. Idiot was like, for one, the the song American Idiot is about as punk as you can get. That's a very punk song. And then just the concept of that album is a very punk concept. It's a political album. Punk is very political and against the establishment. And that's what they were doing. So like, to me, that might be their most punk album that they've made. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like it was, I mean, I guess maybe if you look at Boulevard of Broken Dreams, that wasn't very punk. That was unlike anything we'd probably ever heard from them other than Time of Your Life, which I mean, who cares? I mean, Nimrod was a great album too. Um I just I, that's just one I can't agree with. Like I can't agree. I think part of it, part part of it, maybe even though it wasn't mentioned in that video, was uh, their Uno Dos Trey trilogy. Okay, see, I never but checked I think, those. Out. I think the thing with that is, and why not? Why a lot of people didn't listen to 
either any of those albums is because they were they all came out so fast. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of material, yeah. and it wasn't as um, it felt incomplete. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it wasn't as formed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean that would be the the main criticism, but that's not selling out. That's, that's not just selling out. <laughs> putting out a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and hoping something sticks. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as uh, their that album becoming a musical. I don't think that's really... Yeah, you can't hold that against them. Yeah. That's... I mean, just because you have, like, if you're part of an audience for a band because mm-hmm. they you you relate to them in some way, and then they start, and then people get, it's like people get <laughs> mad if they start relating to people who aren't like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they become just more accessible to people who aren't like you. And they're like, that was our band. Like, well now it's everyone's band. So get over it. Like, (laughs) and if anyone like green day, they definitely stayed true to their roots. I mean, like they never, I never felt like green day did anything that like they felt was like, uh, you know, unlike the other band we're going to talk about later, spoiler teaser, set up a teaser there, but no, I, I don't feel like to make them number one. I mean, hell, if you want to put them in the list, they need to be like 10 or nine. They don't need to be number one. I agree with you. Liz Fair needs to be number one. Yeah. Because she straight up came out and said it. <laughs> like, no shame from Liz Fair <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, I think what's interesting is that the, well, the, another, another, uh, this seems to happen a lot. Like this, you can't really sell out if you're pop from the beginning. Mm-mm. You can't really sell out. It's very hard. <laughs> like, as far as musically, you can't mm-hmm. really sell out. I mean, you may do some of the same songs. Their songs may start sounding the same. Mm-hmm. Um, chain smokers. May... <laughs> <laughs> the Nickelback of EDM, the chain smokers. Um, well, what... wait, was the band Nickelback that you were going to talk about? No. Oh no, no. Okay. I don't think I don't. Well, you Nickelback... Think Nickelback sold out. Well, they weren't on the list at all. They weren't, but Nickelback has kind of admitted it. So, like, if you, um, so look up their first album. Their first album was called Curb. Um, it was released on Roadrunner Records. So it's funny that you mentioned this because last week I was doing a lot of reading up on Nickelback and, um, why people think they suck. And apparently the reason people, um, it started with, um, Brian Postulin or something like that. The tall Posein making a joke about how metalheads don't like Nickelback, um, because they were signed to Roadrunner Records. Roadrunner Records being uh, um, a metal label, Slipknot being one of their bigger bands, um, and how a lot of people who listened to music on Roadrunner didn't like them. So play um, play the song Fly. That was their single from Curb. Okay. Sounds nothing like the Nickelback you hear nowadays. Like it's very different. And then there's another song on there too um, called Detangler. Which shows another, like, of how they've changed. So, what's, um... Like, it just, it's rougher, a lot, you know, rougher, a lot more edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, the title track on there kind of sounded like a, um... Like, it all sounded very, like, really grungy. Like, this, to me, this sounds like this could be a Nirvana song. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, but, um, so after they made, so this was their first album, 
the state which had leader of men on it which was a minor hit was her second album mm-hmm. and so one i read that one day a producer one of their producers was like hey stop screaming so much in your songs and um you'll stop screaming so much in your songs and start you know using more of a formula and you'll get famous and so that's what they did after the state they did that on silver side up which had how you remind me had too bad um and i believe it had one more single um uh, let me look the strong again so what's the name of that uh, song never again i think was on that album never too. again yeah how you remind me too mm-hmm. bad too bad i yeah. think hollywood was a single too yeah and so that's when he started kind of going for their singles he started going more formulaic um so that's what you get with silver side up and then the next album which is um um the road the long, long road. road had um how the hell we wind up like this which is weird. That's the that's someday. the nickel someday. That's the Nickelback sound right there. Like so that was is this the, the Nickelback. Point? Yes and no. So I think this is how you remind me. Kind of was a sellout point, but like you really like every Nickelback song to me, um, that is considered their like oh it all sounds the same. Started with someday because that chorus had the doom 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 like it had that that. Like it had that very chug along chorus, like 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 every you know four four notes or four beats for every chord. Um, that's when it really started. You started hearing that on all their big big songs, um, and then of course you know with um, not Dark Horse, but with all the right reasons came out. Photograph came out. That also had um, so their equivalent of this song on the next album on all the right reasons was um, Saving Me, which was also a single three two two same type of thing like that's when it started that's when like he was like i found i found it <laughs> i found it and this is what i'm gonna do whenever i need a hit single one two three four yeah two 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 core change core change <laughs> this is the same like he found that he was like i'm never letting it go but then if you listen to the rest of the album another thing that they do they trick you so like they have their like three or four singles that sound like this everything else is still heavy so it's like you buy this record and you're like oh all of these songs uh uh-uh. uh so do me one more favor play um play the first song on this album it should be um follow, follow you, you home. home okay sounds nothing like what you would think nickelback sounds like yeah open with the double kick drum yeah this doesn't sound like the nickelback that you normally hear <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah, we fooled you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like they sold out, but then they didn't because, like, this has been the formula they follow for every album. Like, every album has, like, the three or four soft songs, and then they're just like, and then they're just like, we'll do whatever the hell we want for the other ones. They have a tribute to Dimebag Daryl on here (laughs) called Other Side of a Bullet. Like, you would never, yeah. So, like, that's probably why they didn't get put on there because... I don't know, but like to me, they're sellouts because they knew they were doing it. Like someone said, "Hey, stop screaming, stop making this so heavy, and you'll sell a lot of records." And I feel like this is how you remind me with him. Like, you know what? I don't really believe you, but let's try it. Let's see what happens. Like, oh snap, this was a hit. All right, let's do it, guys. Let's just... <laughs> Every song, we're gonna do it. Nickelback, man. Um, they're one of the more um, interesting like sellout candidates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that I think that made them more interesting because they, um, it seemed like they were yeah it, like it's blatantly that that they're doing it, mm-hmm. but 
that's not all that they are. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So check out some Nickelback if you haven't been convinced to totally abandon yeah. them, what they are. And a lot of people <laughs> are like, oh, they're talentless. I'm like, no, I've heard them play live. They're pretty good at their instruments. <laughs> like, they're very good at their instruments, actually. I think people just get sick of Chad Kroger's voice. Yeah. And I can't blame you. It's kind of annoying it sometimes. Can, yeah. It can grate on you. <laughs> uh, one of the, the, like we talked about Ice Cube, but as far as like hip hop artists, um, I have, to, I would have to put like, okay, someone, someone like you, some people may say Drake is a sellout. I was, I was thinking that too. Uh, as far as, but I think as what he, as what he was, I think he's, he was rapping because yeah, maybe it's something that he wanted to do, mm -hmm. but as he's gotten older, maybe he's being more influenced by music that he likes. Mm -hmm. And he sounds a little bit more introspective. Dance hall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly dance hall. But, um, I think there is a significant Jamaican population in Canada. Anyway. Is that? Well, it's funny because, uh, one of my assistants at work is Canadian is Jamaican and her whole family lives in Canada. So <laughs> makes sense. But, um, I mean, I don't think people would say that Drake sold out. He's just, he's, he's just like kind of just changed what he mm -hmm. does. But one rapper who I do think has sold out and I don't, I think like a lot of her fans just don't want to believe it or want to go along or want to like even acknowledge it is Nicki Minaj. Whew, I was like, the buildup is killing me. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, I agree. Sorry no, I agree. no, Nicki Minaj has sold out. Yeah. Nicki uh, Minaj has sold out. Because she is seen as some people call her the greatest female rapper. Um, even though, I mean, there are a lot out there. I mean, there are a lot of rappers, a lot of female rappers who haven't gotten the exposure that she has, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if she's supposed to be like, she's a, the, the, the female rap, it's like complicated. It's, it's very yeah. like strange as far as a female rapper goes, as far as how she's supposed to appeal, you know, is she supposed to be, um, like quote unquote street, Mm -hmm. like the guys or does she have to sell sex and be like a black Barbie? Yeah. And Which that, was her and, nickname for a while. Wasn't it black Barbie? Yeah, yeah. Or kind of maybe still is. Yeah. But, um, and then like maybe the, like the image, like with the female rapper, it seems like the image is first. That's yeah. the most important mm -hmm. part. And then maybe the music, mm -hmm. um, might be third. I don't know what's second, but it feels like yeah. <laughs> the music part is third. Well, I mean, she's, I think when she came out, of course, like everyone, of course, like, oh man, look at the booty and this and that. And like every, all the, all the emphasis was put there. And I think for her, I think she looked at the careers of some of the, cause I mean, she was probably influenced by, Lil well, there's Kim. no doubt she was influenced by Lil' Kim, Lil Kim, people like Foxy Brown. And she kind of saw where their careers went because maybe, you know, it's pro I imagine it's a little bit harder um, as a female rapper to stay relevant and she saw where their careers went because they were kind of one trick ponies, so to speak. Like you can rap, but what else can you do? And she's well, like, well, I can sing. And we can also look at if they were, uh, well, okay. I'm, I'm not going to go down the ghostwriting path. <laughs> uh, everybody has, every rapper has a ghostwriter as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. And one, like maybe they did it a couple times or maybe they do everything. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I would say that, uh, 
that little that yeah i think most most of nick what we have from Nicki, if it weren't for lil kim we don't have Nicki minaj no no and i think at she, least not what she is right now and i think she also kind of looked at the career of missy elliott because missy elliott is a really good rapper i don't know if people know that <laughs> because <laughs> she doesn't rap all the time but missy elliott's a really good rapper and she probably looked at her and was like, well, Missy's a good rapper, but then she could also sing. And so she could make, she could get more to the pop yeah. sphere. And so she's like, you know, I need to do something like that to continue to stay relevant. But the thing is with Missy, as, even as being a singer, mm-hmm. it was still. She stayed true to her hip, roots. Yeah, it was yeah. still hip hop. Mm-hmm. With Nicki Minaj. It's like, straight pop. <laughs> it, okay. The, the thing that I think like kind of got everyone um, interested in Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. like like a lot more people, is her verse on Monster, of on Kanye West's mm-hmm. album. Okay, okay. Her Monster verse kind of put her on the map, and you know it, it's to the point even now to where if you watch uh, <clears throat> James Corden's Carpool Karaoke, yeah, there's a video of Adele rapping that verse, really? word for word. Uh, and I think um, also the girl from Stranger Things. I don't really like it. Millie Brown. <laughs> uh, she does. She does the same. Like she does that verse too. Really? Like that's the, you know, um, I'm going to check those out. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of put Nicki Minaj on the map for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And may, it may it like for me when I heard it's like, Oh, well, you know, I hadn't listened to much Nicki Minaj, yeah. but it to at that point I was like, okay, she's legit. She's a legit good rapper. I'm trying to think of when I took notice. I think for me it was more so I heard because I don't like it when she does her little voice voices like that. But like the verse I heard on Moment for Life, um, which actually was from her album. So no, not that one. Where did I? Maybe it was um, Battle of the Sexes, Ludacris. Now I can't remember where I first heard her. But I first heard her as a rapper. I do know that. Like it wasn't her singing. Uh, but the thing is, like the 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 thing that made me wonder if, like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm looking at or or dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Soon after Monster, she has a song called Starships, which yes. is the first single yes. on her first album or on her second album or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I was like, what? Yeah. I don't, you, and I don't recall her getting a lot of love in the rap community for that song. I guess she has nuts. Well, super bass is also yeah, that and, like, I, and that's when I feel super bass was when I, I felt like she catapulted. Like after, like when I saw little kids, I think you and I were talking about that. We saw little kids on YouTube rapping super bass. I think that was on kids pop album. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's disturbing. Cause like she's talking about dude that sells drugs. Stop that. But she's doing it over a nice airy pop beat. So it, like it is yeah, very, see, that, you know, that's the, that's the mm-hmm. confusing, like it, it sounds accessible. And even with the, with lyrical content, yeah. and, and, you know, questionable for children, mm-hmm. but because of how it sounds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, I haven't. And you know, ever since I heard like starch is like, I can't take Nicki Minaj seriously I as an artist either. anymore. I could not either. Didn't like either song. <laughs> like, look, I mean, you can send all your hate mail to by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicki Minaj is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I can't take, I can't take her seriously anymore. And, um, I mean, it, and it seems at, and at this point, because of, 
I guess how accessible she became mm -hmm. and how popular she became, it kind of disarmed any other female rapper. So it's kind of like, she's the only one out there. And yeah, I mean, people may respect Remy Ma for what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she, it's just someone like calling her out. I think Rima just kind of called her out for what she is, but it's not enough. It's yeah. not really going to do anything. I mean, for people who appreciate rap, like maybe that was, you know, a moment to celebrate, but yeah, as a, as a matter of fact, it's already kind of died down. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that she made a subpar, um, you know, second song response, you know, has already died down. Like, no, it's just like Nicki, yeah, Nicki Minaj is a pop artist at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad because like, she is a good rapper, <laughs> but like, she just doesn't, I guess she was just like, the money is better over here on this pop side. Like, yeah. Pop I, life. That's why she's doing like, she's doing a bunch of songs with David Guetta. Mm -hmm. That uh, pop life is better. That money is better. Speaking of pop life, David Guetta. Yeah. <laughs> pop life. Uh, he is also on that list. Um, I would consider him, uh, because of, uh, what his songs were. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, you know, it's EDM, it, it's house or whatever, but they were just, a lot of, they were just like beats. They were, they were, I mean, they were songs, yeah. you know, that he was putting together, but the focus now for him is getting these pop artists mm -hmm. <laughs> on his songs. Well, in that same, in that same <laughs> breath, then you could also kind of throw Calvin Harris in there because Calvin Harris's early stuff was, you know, very was EDM. solo. Yes. Yeah, solo. Um, and then I think the first single I heard from him was the one with Khalees bounce. And then after that, next thing, you know, like coming out the woodwork, he's like working with all these big artists and, you know, um, and that, I mean, like you kind of call him a sellout too, but I mean, it's yeah, like, he's, you know, he's become formulaic. Yeah. Um, there, he has an album before that. I can't remember the, the, the exact title of it, and but it disco sucks or something like that. Like, no, <laughs> something with disco well, in it, I think possibly. That might be one of his songs. I'm not sure about if it's an album. It might be one of his songs, though. Um, and he's, he's, you know, I created disco. I created disco. That's his okay. first album. Yeah. Uh, the first, the first song I heard was from Ready for the Weekend, called "I'm Not Alone," but that was him singing on it. Yeah. So, um, his songs have become from like the 18 months and emotion. Mm -hmm. Though that's the Calvin Harris everyone formula knows. now yeah. that everyone knows. Before that, um, you know, I mean, so that's what the, that's kind of part of the, the, the question here. Does that constitute a sellout mm -hmm. if they started off one way and like with Nickelback, they found that that niche, they, they that found thing. that niche, they, they found that pocket mm -hmm. that they, you know, and they just they they just they're just writing that out. Because mm -hmm. so another band that's kind of like that, the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, yeah. The Google Doll started out. If you have you if you haven't seen their behind the music, see it. It's pretty good. I don't know how you see it at this point, but uh, the the yeah. guy with the hair, Johnny Resnick, was yeah. not the lead singer mm -hmm. to start off with. <laughs> and they were a punk band. Like they were to they they were signed to Metal Blade Records, and they were a hardcore punk band. Um, I believe one of the singles on the first um, record was called "Don't Beat My Ass with a Baseball Bat." Like they were, <laughs> <laughs> like it was. You know, I mean, and I get it. There were like, you know, three dudes from Buffalo. I've heard Buffalo's a tough city. <laughs> three dudes from Buffalo making rock music. Um, but I feel like for them, I feel that their transformation was a little bit more organic. Like I can go back. So Dizzy Up The Girl was their big album. 
that um that made them popular but i can go back to like superstar car wash and you can kind of start to hear it like you can go two or three albums back well a boy named goo is that kind of before dizzy up the girl mm-hmm. and that was so that was the one where they had the surprise song so people think they're sellout because um you know on a boy named goo you have all of these like you know kind of pop rock modern rock type songs and then you have name which they didn't release as a single just some dude in uh was it k-rock i remember i think i remember k-rock in la story, isn't it some yeah. guy at a radio station like, he just oh. started playing it <laughs> and it became a hit and so they had the surprise hit on their hands um that they went ahead and like all right we're gonna release it as a single and then what happens on the next th- their next big single was iris for um city of angels which he was asked to write. And then after that, everything, you know, sounds like Iris, which all their, all their albums don't sound completely like that, but their sound was a little bit more polished, but I feel like you could hear it. Like a boy named goo was the bridge between old goo goo dolls and new goo goo dolls to where they had that different sound. So I have a little bit harder over time. Unlike, you know, Maroon five, who is like, you know, you have songs about Jane, you have, it won't be soon before long. And then next thing you know, oh, we don't have a drummer anymore. <laughs> we just use 808s. Um, and they do Hands All Over. And they're doing songs with Christina Aguilera. Like, to me, that was the most blatant right there. Yeah. Like, the... Um, the... And it, what it is, is, like, you can be considered a sellout by mm-hmm. if you look at who you um who you collaborate with if mm-hmm. you do if you have features mm-hmm. see maybe that's that's the secret with j cole mm-hmm. he's always gonna say tradition <laughs> he's if he's like no i if i have features they're gonna think i sold out <laughs> no nah, i can't do it uh and so yeah. and i and i guess just really to to, the, to let the cat out the bag of maroon five because i think they should be number one as far as the biggest sellouts, because yeah, I, we could, we we talked about this before to where like wait they're doing all these songs with with rappers. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, of course, nothing against rappers, but like, I don't know what kind of band this is anymore. No, at this point, <laughs> at this point, and they're really the only band I can think of at this point that's completely indistinguishable from their first album. Songs about Jane was a melding of funk jazz and rock yeah and a little bit of soul because it's a very soulful voice like it was the perfect like i mean the original if you the original um recording of sunday morning had a saxophone solo in it like it was like that that's what they were and i mean of course before that they were what Karis flowers it was a grunge-esque band um and so they just and i used to say well it's because they they switched drummers but then i went and listened to it won't be soon before long and that still had some of the, you know, it was a little bit more funk than Songs About Jane was. But still, I was like, nah, this isn't where they sold out. It was hands all over. Like, it was when that album came out, that was, like, they threw, like, that, they threw a dubstep type bass on um, Moves Like Jagger. Like, that was a complete, we don't care anymore. We just want to get famous. Um, and then when Overexposed came out and they did the song with Wiz Khalifa, their first of many um, rap collaborations and um, you know, payphone came out. Um, 
Yeah, like that was when I was just like, all right, the drummer, there's no way the drummer's still playing on this. At this point now, it's just Adam Levine, the guitar player and the keyboard player. It's Adam and the Levines. Yeah, like the bass players. I don't don't care who the other guys are. The bass player is probably not even playing on it anymore. (laughs) And then by the time V came out, I was like, all right, so now it's just Adam and maybe the keyboard player. (laughs) Maybe. And then now that, you know, whatever this, all this new stuff is coming out, all right, now it's just Adam. Like it's the band is probably just like they're a backing band at this point. Um, Cause I always used to think like how Patrick Stump went solo. I was like, okay. I was like, eventually Adam Levine's going to go solo. No, he didn't go solo. He, he kept the band sort of. <laughs> it didn't work for Patrick Stump because he came no, it back. Did not. Yeah. He came back. <laughs> well, I don't think they, they didn't like break up. Did they? They didn't break up, but he tried to go solo and like, it just wasn't as good. So it was almost like they took what he was doing, kind of what he was doing solo and just did it in Fall Out Boy. <laughs> and so, because some people, I, well, they're a band. They got accused of being a sellout. Yeah, because of their um, uh, their hip-hop influence. Mm-hmm. And they weren't emo anymore. Yeah. Even though, like, emo was dead, so they did something else. very dead. And now they're, now they're being considered sellout. Yeah. So that's another factor. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, well, another band I wanted to bring up here that was on that list is Metallica. <laughs> so it's funny so um you know kevin kevin that plays in mm-hmm. in our yeah. in our band um one of the biggest metallica fans i know loves all that stuff the stuff he hates saying anger he does not like saying <laughs> the same anger is like a point of contention for many metallica fans oddly enough i like the title track um but like um, he loves, like, he, like, when, whenever we jam with him, he's playing all the stuff from, like, Load and Reload, and, like, he loves Fuel, um, he loves, uh, Memory Remains, like, all that stuff, so it's just, like, it, I would really think it's a matter of, um, are you one of those fans that was, like, I only like Thrash era Metallica, and that's it, nothing else, um, or are you just, like, I just like whatever they do is fine with me. Because, like, um what was pointed out is that when they, I think it was when they cut their hair to do not when they cut their hair, I would see that was, that that was was one of those things. If you cut, if you know, if you had long, you cut your hair, but when, uh, the black album, Mm -hmm. um, that had, um, it had inner Sandman, Sandman. it had one, the unforgiven and nothing else matters. Mm Um, was one on that album too, or no? No, no. One was on. Um, I think that was on Kill 'Em All. I can't remember. I'm, mi- I'm mixing albums up. So yes, the self-titled but one because it sound overproduced. Mm-hmm. Bob Rock did that one, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, the Bob Rock. <laughs> or it might have been Mutt Lang. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Anytime you have a huge rock album, like you're safe to say Mutt around that time, Mutt Lang or Bob Rock, like is a safe <laughs> assumption. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, like, and that's the thing. So like, it still kept met- like metal themes. Like they were not there singing love songs. <laughs> like I could see if they came out there like, baby, baby, fade to black. Like I could see if they were doing that. But like, Enter the Sandman is like, a, is a classic. That's a metal classic. Um, and I feel like it's more appreciated now than it was back then. Like, I think the mainstream appreciated it now, back then. Now I think it's like, especially like Nothing Else Matters, um, The Unforgiven, like, I think, like, all those songs, like, Metallica fans are like, oh, man, I love The Unforgiven, like, that, you know. And speaking as a Metallica fan, I love Ride the Lightning, I love, um, I love Kill 'Em All, 
I love Injustice for All, but I equally love Load, Reload, the Black Album. I, lo- I love, I mean, I just one of those people who love everything. I love everything they've done. Even Saint Anger. Even Saint Anger, people. Yes. There was, um, I'm not sure which album. It might have been their uh, Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. And Master of Puppets. Can't forget that one. Whew. Um, someone remixed Master Puppets, but put the the infamous Saint Anger drums. Oh, God. <laughs> Master Puppets. So it's it's funny that you mentioned that because there's also been people who have remixed their old albums and brought the bass up because apparently um, Lars Ulrich was a dick, and his he always kept the bass tracks down. You said was still is. <laughs> Um, but apparently back then, like during the recording process, like when Jason Newstead joined after Cliff Burton died, spoiler alert, I don't know why I keep saying that, but, (laughs) um, like to be a dick, like they kept all of Jason Newstead's parts like really low in the mix. And so like people have like, what? because he was the new guy. I don't know. Like apparently they gave him hell, but like, um, there are people who've gotten the isolated tracks and they bring the bass up and people like have gained a new respect for Jason Newstead. After all this time, because you could, and it's like, why? Oh, because you could never hear him play. Like you, <laughs> you didn't know how good he really was, uh, which I thought was very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Was, has there been? Was the 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 Dave Mustaine thing? Was that Lars's idea to just give him a bus ticket? I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Would not be surprised if they're like, you know, we should you, we should make sure he gets home. No, fuck it, give him a bus ticket. <laughs> Um, all the way back to California. Yes, all the way back. Yes. <laughs> when does my plane leave? Um, uh, about that. Plane? Plane? <laughs> you a pilot? <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to also point out a couple of, of, of well, a few times to where um, another, well, another, I don't want to get into it too much because uh, she kind of went back to what she was doing mm-hmm. and that was Jewel. <laughs> She failed. She failed. Like, it work. It did not work. Oh God. Uh, and of course, talking about she. Okay, listen to from her first album. Anything from her first album. Mm-hmm. What was the um, name of that album? Pieces of You. Pieces of You. Okay. Yeah. And let's do her. Who will save your soul? I think that was her first yeah. big song. Mm-hmm. And then f- fast forward to Intuition. Uh, the commercial, the stick Intuition. Like it was just oh God. And you know they paid for that video. They had yeah. to. Yeah. She's, um, would you say there was a sign that said big pimpin or did she have one of those, uh, cups, those chalices? I don't remember. I don't remember, but she, she was dancing like, like, yeah, it she was, was like dancing. pop dancing. Short shorts, you know? Yeah. Trying to look sexy. Like this isn't you. This isn't you. Like, I, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind hypoth- of common thing with me. <laughs> hypothetical, hypothetical. So Atlantis Morissette started out as a pop artist See, not a lot of people know that. We've talked about this before. (laughs) Like, people think her first album Mm -hmm. is Jagged Little Pill. Like, even she disowns. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if she's, like, said it in interviews or anything. She disowns those pop albums. And so then she goes in to give us Jagged Little Pill, supposed former infatuated street junkie. Um, And then not much else after that. But what if... a couple couple albums... um, but what if she were to go back to pop music? Oh, it's too late. But I'm just saying, like, would we consider her a sellout? But like, but that's what she so did we have first. A Jack Little Pill, supposed former infatuation junkie. Um, 
Okay, that was a collaboration album, The Prayer Circle. She didn't unplug. Under Rug Swept. Under Rug Swept. That had um, Hands Clean, right? Under Rug Swept. I think that was around the time she was dating uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And I hands thought they clean. were going to get married. Yeah, loved uh, Hands Clean. That was a Feast song. on Scraps, So Called Chaos. Then an acoustic version of Jack Little Pill. Yeah. And Flavors of Entanglement. Jacket Little Thrill. And, uh, gets me. Yeah. So, um, but Jack, Jack Little Pill is the first album, the earliest album she has on Spotify. <laughs> She's got some other ones. Mm-hmm. You can find them. <laughs> but so I wonder, like, if she were to go back to, have gone back to Bubblegum Pop, would people be like, ah, oh, she's going back to her roots? You know, like, or would they be like, she's selling out? Like, nah, man, this is what she was. She's just going back to, you know, she's coming back home. Like, I don't know if this is, like, old news for anybody. For anybody who watched, like, How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess someone like our previous guest, Tim. Uh, Robin Sparkles is, that's that has to be, like, that's Atlantis Morissette. That's what she was. <laughs> uh, or she may have been looked at as, like, the Canadian Janet Jackson. Because mm-hmm. I think they dressed alike <laughs> in the, during that time. But, um yeah, I think she she just completely disowns those albums. Mm. Uh, I did find like she did in a, like an acoustic version of uh, it was so called "Too Hot to Hold." Yeah, never too what hot, a, never yeah. too cold. She did an acoustic version of one of her shows. <laughs> hey, that's a catchy song, man. Like that was um, the teased hair. She was in this, man. She was in this. Yeah, she she has gotten away with like. I, there is like so many. There is still more and more people who don't know about anything before mm-hmm. Jack and Little Bill. Uh, one and who who I wanted to bring up though are the um, because of because of time mm-hmm. because of the new technology or the music scene changing. There are some artists from decade to decade that change. Like like I mentioned before before we start recording, Heart, mm-hmm. Cheap Trick, mm-hmm. Thirty Eight Special. <laughs> What I, I, I what I need to add to the list is also uh, Chicago. Oh God, yes. Oh man, I'm pretty sure if you were to play like Saturday in the Park for somebody <laughs> who's only familiar with like the 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 heavy Peter Cetera yeah. Chicago era in the '80s, they'd be like, "This is the same band, like mm-hmm. 25 or 64. This is the same band, bro." Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard their? They did like a '80s style Chicago remake of 25 or 64. No. Bad. Oh, it's bad? No. Bad. Because synth and, like, drum machines and, like... And if you've ever... I mean, you've heard 25 or 64. Like, that is, like... That's a classic rock. Like, you don't make... You don't 80s that song. You just don't do that. And, I mean, not to say that there's anything wrong with what they were doing in the 80s, but, like, it was just so different. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, a... There's, like, a drastic difference. Yeah. Like, okay, another band, like, that went from the 70s to the 80s like we talked about previously, Fleetwood Mac mm-hmm. going from the seventies to the eighties. It seemed more of a, I want to say like a natural transition, but mm-hmm. it was like, it was a very easy transition. Yeah. Um, you know, they used some synths mm-hmm. and drum machines and all that, but it wasn't like they just dropped out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they'd be like, to me, listen to hearts like Barracuda Barracuda. Yeah. And then these dreams. Yeah. Not even. I don't know what thing. happened in between yeah. those two songs. I don't know what like with Barracuda, Crazy on You, Magic Man, yeah. and then all of these dreams. Okay. <laughs> I like yeah. these dreams. I like that song. No, I like it too. But 
but like, that's the point. It's so the thing is, it's like the it's it's jarring. It's more yeah. jarring to to hear because I, I don't know what happened in between those albums. I mean, there might have been some more, a couple more albums, but probably not. Probably, <laughs> the, probably the difference on. in how it sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a there's a song by Cheap Trick, The Flame. I didn't know that was. I'm thinking there's two. There were two bands called Cheap Trick. <laughs> uh, and also with the with Second Chance by Thirty Eight Special. I didn't know that was by Thirty Eight Special. I didn't either. I just happened to. I think I forgot how I found it, and I was like. All right. Okay. So this is them. <laughs> this is them. <laughs> it sounded like at first I thought it was um the other dude who did I'm no angel um from uh ah oh god, not government mule but from um why can I think of the band? He is was one from of those the other cover bands. No, he was from the Allman Brothers. Group. Greg, I think it was Greg Allman. I can't remember now. I thought it was I thought it was the same band, but no, it was it was 38 special. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Um and then we talked yeah. about well, we talked about Van Halen too. So they're yeah, you know, David Lee Roth versus Sammy Hagar were like so they started experimenting with synths on 1984. Yeah, uh, with Jump, um, and then they had a couple of other songs on the album that had it, but like Hoffer Teacher didn't really have any synths in it. No, um, uh, and Drop Dead really Legs Panama. didn't really Panama didn't either. But like when they got when Sammy Hagar came after David Lee Roth left and Sammy Hagar came. Like Eddie Van Halen got real comfortable with that keyboard. Yeah. And like Sammy Hagar was like, Oh, okay. Every song will have love in it. Like every song will have <laughs> every single we release. I think like, except for like right now, didn't and have dream, dreams and dreams. Um, those and were the only have, really, uh, they didn't have it. Yeah. Because I, it just came out this weekend. Uh, oh, that song was in the movie. power movie, right? It was in the okay. first one. Yeah, yeah. It was at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there is, um, if there's a God, it's at the end of this one too. <laughs> Someone covered it. I hope um, that and because um, that was also the first time I heard uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of uh, Air, not Airplane, um, Higher Ground when they're diving okay. out of the plane at the beginning. Yeah. In Power Rangers movie, mm-hmm. the first Power Rangers where they're at the beginning of the movie, they're skydiving and they're playing. Oh. Um, they're playing uh, Higher Ground. Yeah. I actually first heard that on an episode of The Fresh Prince. It was the very first season. Oh, they play Higher Ground. Which yeah, one? because it was um, it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers okay. version. It was an episode where um, some, I think it was like Jeffrey's old boss from mm-hmm. England okay. came to visit. Okay, or it was some like, um, uh, dip- diplomatic person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really the word I want to say, but um, I think Jeffrey yeah used to work for him, and he brought his daughter. And Will was given the responsibility of showing her a good time. I think I've seen this episode. And then she ran off and went to a bar and she, and when he finds her, she's dancing to that song. Okay. (laughs) Now, oddly enough too, I wonder, I wouldn't consider them a sellout, but would people consider the Red Hot Chili Peppers a sellout because they changed their style up so much. Um, like from the, you know, from the start mother's milk to Californication being more of like an actual rock album, but it was a, um, I think what would, would keep them from being considered a sellout and why I wouldn't say the same about Fleetwood Mac is that it was more of a progression. Mm-hmm. 
And the and elements have always been there. That was just a too. sudden change. And the elements have always been there. Like rock yeah. elements have always, even when they were just really more funk, there was always rock elements there. Like you could, like when they made others, not other side, but um, by the way, yeah, like okay, yeah, that's that still that still sounds like a Chili Pepper song when they made um that other song from Airheads. Now I can't think of the name of it. When I find my peace of mind, um, I can't think of. I don't know. I can't think of it now, but. Like it still sounded like, all right, yeah, these sound like Red Hot Chili Pepper songs when they did Under the Bridge. That's a, it. Just sounds yeah. like every, and that's like that's why I wouldn't consider them a sellout. But I just I wonder, do people like man? I used to I like th- them. I when think they were, so. I think some people probably yeah. do just because it doesn't sound like the pre. This album doesn't sound like the mm-hmm. previous one. But if it sounded like the previous one, you're going to complain because it, it sounds like the sound previous, like one. The previous yeah. one. Or Stadium Mark because I feel like Stadium Mark. Well, Californication, I feel like brought them. And I know some people will say, and I, I don't like to argue with people over when a, a band got popular. I just go to the facts. I go to like, when did they start charting highly on like the main billboard charts? It, Californication. Yeah, yeah. That's when they really started charting. Um, cause I mean, they had other side, they had Californication. That's when they got big on MTV, really big on MTV, on TRL. Um, yeah, I like, I like by the way, but like, come on, man, like, Californication is what really brought them. Yeah. Like that's when you know they probably started playing more arenas, things like that. Um, and then you look at Stadium Arcadium. Like I wonder, do people look at that album and you're like, uh, Danny California, they sold out. Like that's a pop song. Like that's a pop rock song. I don't, I don't know. Like I could, that's still an, a song where I'm like, I could have heard them doing this ten years ago. Yeah, it it still yeah. sounds like a Chili Peppers song. Yeah. So I think for them it was a it was a progression. Yeah. I think when it's something. Like you said, when it's something jarring, mm-hmm. like Cheap Trick or Heart <laughs> 38 Special, uh, that's when, you know, that, or or Chicago, that's when that can come mm-hmm. up. Um, another group that's that's highly, that, that's debated as far as being a sellout is Linkin Park. Yeah. Um, I think as far as their, I think they changed because what they started off with the yeah, sound the that they're part of is dead. <laughs> yeah. New metal. Um, that rap rock and rock rapping. Then we watched that video, like, like genres that died out. Yeah. Rap rock. Was when they talked about new metal, did they mention Limp Bizkit? I feel like they, I didn't. think Limp Bizkit was in there. Yeah. Cause I think, I think Roland was played. Okay. Yeah. Roland urban assault. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> the title. It's a title. Um, yeah. So, uh, with Lincoln Park, they changed because their mm-hmm. the style wasn't popular and anymore. And so many people hate them for that. Like so many people, and I I feel like at least I fall in this category. You have two distinct types of Lincoln Park fans, like people who like Hybrid Theory and Meteora, and people who like Minister Midnight. I can't stand those first two albums. I love Minister Midnight, um, and a lot of people think I'm an idiot for loving Minister Midnight. But well, I I think with. Um... Like at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I knew a lot of people who love hybrid theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that was kind of new at the time, or they were with new metal. They were like, I guess, the best at it. Well, they they were the most like, or were they just the most popular? They I mean, weren't as well because they weren't as they weren't as much of an assault on the ears. So like, corn is really heavy. Limp yeah. Biscuit at times can be really, really heavy. And a lot of the other new metal acts, I think like Cold Chamber kind of got in on the act. A few other bands that were really heavy, whereas like Linkin Park was able to like be catchy. They were able to be accessible. Like, you know, um, 
even though they scream in one step closer like that's still like a nice little chorus everything you say to me like you can sing along to it and then it starts with one like all these songs are very they're catchy they're well written um they're just you know they're very easy to sing along to so i think that's why and it, it i feel like their songs had a little bit of um a little bit of emo mix in there too. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I was thinking of them as like the godfathers of emo. Yeah, like it kind of it had some emo <laughs> or the grandfathers themes. of emo, even though they haven't been around. Yeah, that long. So, um, that'd be an episode in itself, really emo, the rise and fall. Oh boy! <laughs> but so like it had some of those, and that was getting that was gaining traction at the time. So like it just it was just accessible, you know that. And then the second album had the same type of themes. Um, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking about, so their second half are the phase they're in now. You could kind of hear that with breaking the habit. Cause I forgot breaking the habit was a single totally electronic. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they're doing all their music now is really very electronic. Um, well, and even with it being, and with it being electronic, their fans now think they're too pop. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have a song that they just came out with, with Kiara. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she's. I guess she she would be considered pop. She's a. I guess. I mean, she's got a hit, but I don't yeah. know if I consider her a pop singer. Yeah, she's just a singer that had. A, she's like a lord. Yeah, like lord. I don't not consider her pop. She just happened to hit. Lana Del Rey just happened to hit. They're not. <laughs> they're a little too depressing and dark to be pop. And but and that's one of those to where if you have if you you know you have to be careful about who you feature mm -hmm. with because mm -hmm. your fans could turn on you. Yeah. Do you think it's, it's a matter of like, are there like too many sensitive fans? Like are people being too sensitive about their music? So. Yes. And I, not able to listen. You know, like, if you listen to it and you don't like it. Okay. But just because they did something like a little different, mm -hmm. slightly different. Like they, they, they used a new, they used a different set of drums Yeah. Well, you <laughs> or find they used this... a synthesizer. Does it mean that you, you know, find this a lot of it's all heads. for money? Um, I, I find this a lot with metalheads and um, and indie hipsters. Um, metalheads more so because their bands typically will stay true um, to what they do. You hear this about other genres, period. Like they just hate every other genre. I think I know a total of like three cool metalheads that actually will listen to other genres of music and respect what other bands do. And then with indie artists, indie hipsters, if their band gets big, even if they don't change their sound, yeah, they just get they just some hate kind it. of popularity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then of course, like if, you know, like, Oh, they started, you know, um, those vocals sound overproduced. So what? <laughs> like, those like everything well, about you your music. Sound, what, how is it supposed to like, what is overproduced? Is it, does that thing. mean that it's clear enough to where you can understand the words? And that's typically what it means, even <laughs> though, like, if you listen to a lot of indie music, indie rock music, it's all overproduced. Like, it's all over, like, no offense, I know, like, the Black Keys were, like, indie darlings. Everything they do sounds overproduced. Like, that's not a real drum. <laughs> it's overproduced. <laughs> like, your vocals don't really sound like that. They added distortion to that. That's overproduced. Like all these people who talk about like, Oh man, I don't listen to this overproduced music. You, do you like Radiohead? Did you like, okay, computer, a lot of production there, <laughs> a lot of production there. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so then you get like, I, I tend to find that, um, indie hipsters and, 
if they listen to this podcast, they're going to hate me, are typically the most uneducated music fans because they they think what they think is overproduced or isn't overproduced is overproduced because they don't they don't really know. They just don't if know it, if it doesn't if it sounds like, you know, a computer was used for editing mm-hmm. and not, you know, the the tape reel. Yeah. Um, or if it doesn't, if it sounds like it was re- uh, recorded in a studio instead of, you know, a garage, mm-hmm. then, yeah. And they're, I, they're just, and so that's why I have, a, I, I still have a few, I'm not going to call them out by name, friends who are like indie hipsters, um, as far as like the solid music they like, but like, they're the most uneducated fans. And it's funny because when I was in. I took mass media something. I can't remember. It was a class that I took over the summer. I think Yates taught it. Um, But even people in radio have identified rock fans as being the most uneducated music fans, but they think they're the most educated music Mm. fans. I I would agree with that. (laughs) They think they have the most diverse taste in music, but in actuality, they don't. And yeah, indie hipster, indie rock That sounds like the... Well, rap is just one letter from crap. Uh, that, you, the, that those those people. That's why I can't listen to the river anymore. Ninety eight, whatever the river, because <laughs> they they make fun of rap and it's just like, bruh, the kinks. That's why I don't <laughs> listen to rap. I mean, that's why I don't listen to the radio yeah. at all. It's like you're gonna sit there and say that the kinks, the kingsmen. I can I can keep going here. <laughs> I can keep going. <clears throat> so, yeah, but yeah, they're very uneducated music fans typically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's what we could call ourselves a, a music education podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to do. Like you got to <laughs> listen to, and I will typically find like a lot of musicians will listen to like a, a, a large genre of music. So like, I know like, like someone like quest love, like that's the reason he's played on so many different things. Like quest love played with Phil Collins when yeah. they opened, um, what, what show was it on? It wasn't the, it wasn't Wimbledon or was it Wimbledon? I don't know, but he played. He played in the air tonight, and I remember he was said at the he, Olympics. Mm-mm, I don't think it was Olympics. The Olympics. No, but he was like talking about like how he was nervous to play the you know the big part yeah. in the air. In the oh, air that, no, that was on um, did that on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about he was nervous, and it was just like that's somebody who knows music. Like you know, he's probably he probably looked up to Phil Collins, <laughs> yeah, in some way, <laughs> um, and understands how big of a song that is. That's somebody who knows their music history, their popular music history. Who isn't just like who's this old white British dude? <laughs> <laughs> like if you said that then you don't get it like it's going over your head you know like why are the roots playing with this old british white dude then it's if you say that then i know that it's going over your head <laughs> you just you just don't get it um well the, uh, that's that's part of why i like doing this podcast because maybe someone will get it <laughs> i hope maybe someone will understand and if you don't know who phil collins is and you're listening to this and he's just an old white british dude to you Go get no jacket required, um, or actually, you know what? Go go be, go go back even further. Go get um, what's the what's the first Genesis record he sung on? Find that and start from there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Duke. Yeah, go get that. And, may, and it might have been one before that, but yeah, yeah. there must be some misunderstanding. There like was... <laughs> <laughs> the, the like anytime someone brings up Phil Collins, I think of the uh, uh, there's a line on Thirty Rock, yeah, to where um, Tracy Jordan he's talking to, to Jack and he's like. Um, they agreed on something mm-hmm. and Tracy was like, you know what? I'm going to make you a mixtape. Do you like Phil Collins? <laughs> it's like, he's <laughs> like, do I have two ears and a heart? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, maybe you don't have two ears and a heart if you don't appreciate Phil Collins. Um, So that will be that'll do it for our discussion on selling out. You know, Mm -hmm. there are many different reasons or different ways that people can consider somebody a sellout. But everyone has reasons to sell out if Mm -hmm. if that indeed is selling out some blatant, some not. Um, but, uh, Hey, the, I've been binge watching empire. Um, <laughs> the music industry seems very, very cutthroat. It's cutthroat, mm-hmm, man. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to make money, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Indeed. Indeed you do. <laughs> so we'll get to, um, my earworm of the week. Um, this is an artist from, he's from South Carolina. And I think if this gets song gets played more and more on the radio, I wouldn't know. I don't listen to the radio, but if it gets played more and more, I think it'll be one of those hits just in time for the summer. I've been looking to see what's going to be the summer hit. Uh, This is an artist from, like I said, from South Carolina. His name is Nick Grant. And he has a song with, uh, with watch the duck um, called get up. It's from his album Return of the Cool. He's um uh Nick Grant. He <laughs> he looks like how Lupe Fiasco used to look. <laughs> uh so he kind of looks like him. And I think if uh I think he's going to and he's I think he has another song on his album. I can't remember which one it was which other song he had, but, um, he, he makes fun of mumble rappers. Mm, Good. Good. (laughs) Um, and he wants to get back to focusing more on being a lyricist, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, but also while having a good time. So, you know, it's kind of something that maybe we've gotten away from because of the popularity of mumble rap. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's trying to get back to what hip hop was and what made it enjoyable in the first place. I like that. I can respect that. So uh, this song is called Get Up. It's from his album Return of the Cool. And we'll be right back. Oh, it paused. Okay, now it's going to play now. Jesus. <laughs> All right, one more time.
that's a pound cake. Love it when you move, move it all around, babe. Up and down, up and down like a sound wave. Uh, preach, church on the move. Two steppers of your feet hurting them shoes. Dance away the pain, they ain't hurting your groove. He a baller, but he ain't James worthy of you. I ain't judging, baby. You know I'ma love you. Daddy say you're good for me, and my mama love you. Yeah, they hating on you. That's so common of them. Make you high for me. Fresh about the oven. But, uh, you turn me to, uh, new and me. I know you wish you had two of me. Low key, baby, you a beast. Whoop the whoop, super freak. I come to get down. That is Get Up by Nick Grant featuring Watch the Duck from his album Return of the Cool. Which Ben just pointed out to me that this is <laughs> a Lupe Fiasco album mm-hmm. called The Cool. So uh, perhaps he's an influence? Um, I would probably <laughs> say so. I mean, it kind of sounds like a little a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Um, we have a new segment that we want to debut. And. Uh, well, this was Ben's idea, so <laughs> well, it's more so, it I'm trying it. to see if it's it's. A, I think it was National Podcast Month. I don't. I keep every podcast I listen to. They're like, oh, use the hashtag tripod, mm-hmm. and it's you know you suggest a podcast to a friend. So, I mean, but if honest, I would not mind making this a, a um a regular segment like once a month or twice a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just our favorite podcast, what we're listening to. Um, I imagine people are wondering, you know. Yeah. Um. So I guess you want to go first. What's your favorite? What you got right now? What you listen to? Um. As far as podcasts that I am listening to, um, as we go to our mobile devices, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what am I listening to right now? Well, I've mentioned a switch style podcast several times, so I would recommend them, but that wouldn't be my pick for this segment because mm-hmm. I've already mentioned in that. I can't really count that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, I would recommend, uh, Hmm. Okay, this is why I recommend. I mean, it's I mean it's produced on ESPN, so that's cool. It's podcast. <laughs> um, it's uh his and hers. Okay, I like I like I haven't listened to their podcast, but I do like them. They um they well with their podcast they did they were doing a podcast and then they had the TV show and then when they were uh quote unquote promoted to mm-hmm. the six o'clock Sports Center, uh that became um. That's their podcast. Okay. But they do their, what their, they still do their original podcast format. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, they do like recorded podcasts like we're doing right now. Okay. Uh, they call it the OG podcast. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, they have two recent episodes that you should check out. They did a, um, they, op- they sometimes open their show with a, a spoof of something and they did it on their, on their previous world. show. They did the, a okay. different world. I spoof. loved that. I love that. Very well done. And um, they do a podcast where they um, they talk to Kadeem Hardison. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the spoof uh, because of uh, he's on another TV show right now, so he couldn't do it. But he did offer to be on the podcast, so they talked to him about doing the series and how he's he's friends with Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> and their most recent episode was um, they're talking about um, Lavar Ball. And mm-hmm. his comments. I don't know if they talk about when he broke Stephen A. Smith. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, they talk about um, 
parenting and what can go in too far in supporting your kids and stuff like that. So okay. listen to their OG podcast. If you subscribe to them, you'll listen to um, when they do their show, mm-hmm. their TV show, uh, which is fine. I mean, I listen to those sometimes too, uh, but I do like their, their, their OG podcast when they talk about different topics that they don't normally talk about on television. Nice. Nice. Cool. Right. Um, I, cause there's so many, so I love, um, I maybe a year and a half ago or so I started really getting into like the serialized audio dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how I came about them. I think because I just like listening to documentaries and it was just like a, a natural progression, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to lead out with my favorite, um, which is called Limetown. They've only made one season. They're supposed to be making another season. The first season ends on a cliffhanger. Um, and it's probably one of the best I've ever heard done. Um, if you're out there, please make a second season for the love of God. Like I love this podcast. Um, cause I'm, I'm really big into, so you probably couldn't tell from listening to this. I'm big into conspiracies, the supernatural, the paranormal, things like that. And, um, Limetown is a, um, audio serialized drama, um, kind of done in the style of a documentary of a town that just, where everyone just disappears one day, but nobody knows why. And so this one woman who I believe had a relative that lived there goes on a quest to find out why. And each episode kind of moves the story along. Um, and then it ends on a cliffhanger. And you, you find out what really happened. And then like nothing. They, and the, I think the last episode was like a year and a half ago mm. or two years ago. I, I binged, listened to it <laughs> <laughs> when it came out. So um, when I heard it and everything. But yeah, if you're, if you're into that type of stuff, um, yeah, I would listen to Limetown. Hashtag tripod. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's going to do it for our podcast. Uh, ben, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? You can find us everywhere. You can find us at by the time you hear this.com. You can find us at Facebook slash by the time you hear this. You can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Spoke with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. You can also email us at by the time you hear this with the same spelling at gmail.com. We're on TuneIn Radio, we're on um, Podomatic, we're on uh, CastBox, Google Play, we're on Podomatic. Um, I mean, you can you can find us pretty much everywhere. And we're, we're trying to find a way to get on Spotify. Um, I actually know a couple of people on Spotify, so I'll talk to them and see how they got on there. Um, cause I've always read it's as easy as getting on iTunes, but I don't know. So I'll see what I can find out. I've heard some message boards, uh, but they're saying they're not um, taking podcasts or whatever. I think that's what yeah. you said, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe there's an update with that. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll investigate. Yeah. But yeah, so plenty of ways to find us. You have no excuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're uh. We're going to well, we're going to end the episode. I'm trying to think of like what we could what we so could. So I had an with. idea for a song. Okay. Um. There's a song called Sell Out by the Real Big Fish. <laughs> and it's literally just about selling out. <laughs> um, it's one of the first Real Big Fish songs I heard. Uh, Real Big Fish is a ska band, if you're not familiar with them. Um, they did a really awesome, awesome cover of um, Take On Me from Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, which I still have not seen yet. 
Um, but I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of their movies. Is it on Spotify? I don't even know if Real Big Fish is on Spotify. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. That's that'd be my idea. Just because okay. it is literally what we just talked about. All right. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> so we're going to do with that. All right. Uh, we're going to end with Real Big Fish's sellout. And thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Here.